Today's Chaos Cast is sponsored by NatureBox. Order great tasting, healthy snacks right to your door. Forget that vending machine and get in shape for summer with healthy, delicious treats like everything bagel sticks. Support this podcast and get 50% off your first order at naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. That's naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here is the guy who is looking at chaos right in the face, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and I am here in the studio today with the woman who is the personification of chaos. She drove down here uh, to visit with me, and we'll we'll see how this goes here today. Uh, everything uh, seems fine so far. Here is uh, Chaos Cass McEwen. Am I pronouncing that right? McQuillan. McQuillan. Okay. There you go. Hey, Rob. Cass, how are you? I am well. It's very exciting to come down to LA. Yes. I feel I see like high rises. <laughs> There's no cows or sheep Where out there. Where do you live? I live in Tehachapi. It's in Kern County. It's, yeah. uh, it was only an hour and a half to get down here. But it's north? It's northeast. Northeast. Okay. So. All right. So Cass is here in the home base of the uh, Rob's Podcast Studios. Are you impressed? I am depressed. Depressed. Oh, you, no. Rob? No. <laughs> oh, no. I saw the complete baby center that has become your life. Yeah. The first floor is all Dominic. And then I basically have like one room that's sort of an office slash man cave. And uh, this is where I spend, you know, 90% of my waking hours. This is a man cave? So, I mean, uh, how many? I got a lot of computers in here. A lot of screens. Oh, Okay. You, Why, what? you ought to come up to my husband's man cave. Why? What does your husband have in his man cave? What he, am I missing? His man cave is a barn. Oh. <laughs> there's like... A, like tools and an stuff? An old wood stove and there's, you know, he's going to have my puzzle soon in there. Yeah. From the the Survivor show. Uh, we have a lot of firearms, a lot of off-road vehicles. So it's not like a sports watching man cave. There's no TV. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Illegal oh fireworks are kept in there. Okay. So Lots it's, of beer. It's like a real man's cave is what you're saying. Yeah. There's cigar smoking and scotch drinking. and That seems dangerous, cigar smoking in the barn. Oh, uh, no, no. That's it's safe? It's a nice barn. Okay. All right. Well, Cass, thank you very much. I, I am very happy that uh, you were able to come down here and, and do this. I really appreciate you taking some time out to come and, and visit uh, with me and talk about everything that we didn't get to talk about. Again, I was so upset that day of the finale when it's my worst case scenario when the internet goes out here and I spent like a, a frantic 10 minutes trying to do CPR on my router and figure out what the hell happened. And then finally, uh, I got you on the line and the, and the person from CBS said, uh, okay, well, you know, Cass has another call in, in eight minutes. Like, ah! <laughs> so I tried to race through as much as we could that day. I don't even remember it. Okay, that's... <laughs> we had to talk to so many people that day. Yeah. The same questions, you know. Some... So, sorry, it wasn't memorable for me, Rob. Okay, well, not the first time I've heard that before, <laughs> Cass. So uh, I, I'm... Uh, this is not new territory. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, first off, how is life for you after uh this survivor whirlwind is it still a whirlwind no it's calmed down i was waiting for that finale i just wanted it to be over with i know a lot of people maybe like to see themselves on tv or like being stopped everywhere i don't yeah i just want to go back to normal 
Really? You didn't, en- you didn't enjoy it at all? Well, I come from a really small town, so everybody knows everybody's business. Mm-hmm. And then when you're on TV, they feel the need to come in and tell you what they think of your business. Uh, so, yeah. And how was the response from the people that knew you? Uh, people really liked it. I mean, they were very proud of it. They were, you know, shocked with some of the things I did or said. But, yeah. uh, you know, they really enjoyed watching. And the finale, I think a lot of people in the greater Tehachapi area were screaming at their TVs a lot. Yeah, screaming at Woo or screaming for you to get the puzzle done one second faster? Probably both. Yeah. You know. Okay. And so overall, like the post-show experience, has it been fun? Do you like being a Survivor alumni now? I think it's going to be fun. I mean, it's so far it's fun. I'm glad things are kind of toning down a bit. Uh so I've got this one. Did you one say tonying down a bit? Tony. Well, nothing will ever tone down Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got his new t-shirt website up. Well, and, show me. Uh, you know, we have a little bit of show and tell. We'll take uh, a picture if we can uh, after this. So you have a, uh, a shirt here with you. I have a Team TV um, Lord of the Idols shirt. <laughs> that The self-appointed Lord of the Idols. Oh, my God. That we can see how Tony's spending his million. Um, on some, <laughs> A t-shirt empire. And what makes it quality is you can see the design through the back. Yeah. It's always like a flea market trademark that you could see what's on the front. The <laughs> All right. Well, I have a uh, RHAP t-shirt. We'll do a comparison uh, later and uh, we'll, we'll see what that looks like. Okay. Oh boy, this is going to be good. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll have a fashion show. You could try on all the t-shirts. Wow. <laughs> That'd be impressive, right? I think you should get one of the, be- like Morgan to do that and then Squirter. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, well, I, if we were going to do that, I would prefer Morgan wore the Team TV shirt. Uh, I think that would be- work a lot better. <laughs> that would work a lot better than the uh, RHAP t-shirt. All right. So uh, let's let's talk a little, a little bit because I wanted to, I'm glad that we got you down here because uh, I felt like in, in talking with you, I feel like that that you feel like that I was potentially unfair with you uh, and talking about your game this season. Is, is that is that how you feel? Well, I, lis- I only listened to your first initial podcast where you predicted that I would be the first one out despite my tribe not losing, <laughs> where the beauty tribe was going to lose and yet Cass was so horrible she was going to be voted out. <laughs> yes. And then I only heard, you know, hearsay about, I don't really have hours to spend. I don't commute to work and mm-hmm. when I'm at work I have to think about what I'm working about on. So, yeah. I haven't really devoted a fair share of time to listening Okay, well, to everything. Well, that's that's at least uh, somewhat good to know because I feel like uh, I feel like I I was definitely critical at times of of decisions that you made in the game, and that's why I'm happy that we can sort of talk about things and sort of like get a more understanding because I'm sure there were good reasons for everything that you did, and uh, I'm very excited to really get into it and talk about you know what what your thought process was on a bunch of different things, but I really don't think that we. Like there are sometimes uh, where we can be critical of people's games, and there's other times where we do, uh, you know, make make the fun of some of the people. And uh, I definitely don't feel like that was it was the second thing. We had a lot more fun with Tony this season and doing the impression and playing all the clips of Tony. But you know, we certainly did talk about your game. But I, I just, you know, I don't want anybody to come away from a, a season feeling like I was unfair with them. Uh, I don't feel that anyone's been unfair unless you were on the island. You don't know what happened. So your opinion really is just that. Yeah. You know? I mean, 
you know a lot happens out there that a lot does happen out there people don't see all right so let's sort of uh go through it and you know maybe not like you know day by day but i would love to just talk about your experience uh from the you know from the start of the game where there was a lot of crazy things to the middle where the middle was crazy for you also and then the end also is you know this uh really interesting point in in the game for you but you guys start in this group of six okay and you have these these six brains or quote unquote what do you call them Crap for brains. Crap for brains. Yes. And you sort of start the game in, and you guys are basically the focus of pretty much the whole first two-hour premiere because you guys have, you lose the first challenge and things aren't really even that bad. But we get to see, I feel like, a good glimpse into how you're going to play the game the next 38 days. Uh, By the way, we're the same, Cass. I just realized that you and I are a third-place club. All right, man. High five on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have to add you to the the poster I have downstairs that Lex made for me of the uh, third third. I am the president of the third place club. Bronze medalist. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to take a Polaroid of you and tape it onto the onto the photo downstairs. I think we should get all our pictures and put them on Wheaties boxes. Yeah. For yeah. what? For being the bronze. Yeah. Bronze just medalist. Because no one ever gets on Wheaties without the gold. So. Okay. Um, I'm sure that... Or generic Wheaties. Generic Wheaties is probably more like it. (laughs) That would be more like it. So in that first episode, first vote, okay, there is a conversation between you and Jatia. And Jatia is like, so what are you thinking tonight? And you say to her pretty much, I don't have it verbatim, but I'm pretty much thinking about voting you out tonight. Now, this is unusual strategy for somebody. Now, I know you've seen the game a lot and you are, you know, probably seen, you know, if not all the seasons, uh, then most of them. So this is this is very early on in the game. So is this just you being is this being caught off guard or is this your strategy that you're just going to if you're going to vote for people, you're going to tell them to their face, I'm voting for you tonight. No, it wasn't strategy. It was a bad decision. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, but. At that time, there was a long conversation between Shatia and I, and we also discussed voting David out as well. But I told her the reasons that people, including myself, would be getting rid of her is, you know, she was a little bit over the top around camp and not performing well at anything other than giving orders that were improper orders. So to me, it seemed like an obvious choice, and I kind of felt like it we should be getting rid of her and maybe everyone's supposed to grow from survivor and learn something. So someone should probably just say, you know, you're really a bit over the top out here. Mm -hmm. And so I told her, I mean, it was a mistake, but it actually, I mean, it, it was unintentionally a great mistake for me because when everyone decided to get out David, other than me and David, uh, it was a long trek back to camp, and I had that moment where I was like, wow, this sucks. I'm going to be the second person out, and I just blew my game. And then I said, wait a minute. I'm in the power position. I can go split up this foursome and become the swing vote. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that that early on. I wanted to just kind of be under the radar, someone who worked around camp and not suck too hard in challenges to get to the merge and then start tearing it up. Unfortunately, that tribe was so dumb we weren't ever a tribe we were six individuals playing like they were the final six um you know on day 39 or day one 
I think that's hard to start the game with only six people because when you start the game with 10 or even eight in a group, you really don't have to start playing the game right away. But when you start and there's only six and you go to that first tribal council, I mean, the game the game is on and it's really, you know, from the jump, you just are in the midst of like playing a really a hardcore survivor game. Yeah, there's nowhere to hide. And what happens with six is people inevitably pair off in twos. You've got Jatia and Tasha paired off. You've mm-hmm. got Garrett and Spencer paired off. And then I wasn't necessarily paired off with David, but we were the two over 40 parents, mm-hmm. married people. We certainly had more in common than the other. I mean, what do I say to 21-year-olds? And uh, I've never lived in a city. I have no way to compare a lifestyle of Chicago or St. Louis. Mm-hmm. To, did, you, did you like David? Um, I I like David. I find him to be a fascinating person because he's um, a very alpha person. He very much knows what he wants and what he wants done. And he's a little bit condescending. And yeah. I don't think he realizes it when he talks to you that he's so uh, right all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like we really got robbed that we didn't get to see more of David this season. I feel like he would have been really good TV to get to see. And, you know, I'm not saying that uh, everybody this season wasn't, for the most part, good, but I feel like he would have been really good. Like, I I would love to see him come back. Uh, You know, they did it with Francesca. I feel like he would be a good good person from the first boots to come back. We would have seen the best Napoleon impersonation in the history of the game. Yeah. I mean, it would have been phenomenal. I remember on day one going out there and we were talking and we were trying to, because of the height thing, how you walk in by height. Mm-hmm. He and I were like, well, how tall are you? Because we were about the same size. And he said, what do you weigh? And I said, 128. He said, me too. And I was like, wow, <laughs> Whoa. that's not flattering. <laughs> Now, there was this whole big thing that started in the beginning with the who's the weakest player. And so David sends off Garrett to go and be the the weakest person. And so these two guys are sort of at loggerheads from the beginning. Was there any sort of, hey, let's try to heal this at all within your group? Or was it just, okay, he hates him and he and he hates him. So let's just go with this. I actually discounted that a bit. I, I couldn't believe these two men who were in relatively comfortable positions. I mean, David, despite his size, was a triathlete, so probably would have been good to keep him. Mm-hmm. And then Garrett was the big, strong guy. Um, the fact that these two men decided to get into this pissing match was hilarious, and it's really what caused the downfall of the Brains Tribe, is the the inadequacies of the alpha males. Just why were they gunning for each other so early? It was hilarious to me. So David ends up going home and you had voted with uh, David on the first time and you're worried about your position, but I guess it's the next morning from what it looked like on the episode. So basically Spencer and Garrett, who were a pair, come to you and talk about, hey, let's make a final three deal. Did you feel actually good about that or you just felt like, okay, well, this is three more days uh, if I go with these guys? No, I had decided that night when I was just kind of laying in the shelter contemplating my situation. Um that I needed to bond with both guys and with both girls and put myself in that position and make each pair think very comfortably that I'm their third person out of necessity. Um, So I had talked to Garrett on day one to, you know, he told me I reminded of his mom and I was like, dude, you're 29. My child would never (laughs) devote that much time to their appearance. Um, 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, he tried to bond with me in his own Garrett ways. Yes. And, uh, and then I had, I had actually approached both Shatia and Tasha mm-hmm. prior to that, right around day in the beginning. And they, and said, Hey, you know, we'd be an unlikely alliance to both girls. Uh, and they both said, no, thanks. Really? To me. Yeah. And Spencer and I never spoke directly. I never once had a private conversation with Spencer, probably in the first six days, mm-hmm. uh, without Garrett present. So, let me just go back to uh, Jatia and Tasha. So they just felt good enough about the four that was going on, and they just felt like, okay. Well, you're fifth. You're you're the next one out. So let's we're not even going to bother with you because you know we're we're good in the four. These we need these guys to win challenges. Probably is what they're thinking. So you're the weakest. You voted with David. You told Jatia you wanted to vote her out. So they see you as an adversary, and so they don't want anything now. Again, in the game in the game of Survivor, you probably don't want things to be that binary where you know hey it's like oh that's that's actually a good idea whether you're playing them or they're if they're playing you that's probably the better way to have it between them as opposed to flat out no we're not with you but you know it's early and you guys are new players right we're new players and we're on a really bad tribe where everyone is out for themselves and i think jatia and tasha felt very tight um yeah and they felt good and then we lost that challenge and it became quite apparent that jatia's performance was not going to get us any further. So this is where things really start to go from sort of like bad to just a debacle by the end of that first two-hour premiere. So you guys come back from the challenge, and Garrett, you know, similarly in some ways to what you did the day before, is that, okay, this is what it is, and Jatia is going to be the person that ends up, that's going to go home. And this starts the whole big commotion with dumping out the rice and Tasha is upset. What was your take during the, okay, no side conversations? Well, what had happened was we came back to camp and the four of them were in the shelter sitting. And I figured I got to make my case here. Otherwise I'm going to go home. And I just said, you guys think you're going to be the final four. You're the next four. If you get rid of me, you have someone who can't swim, can't do puzzles. There's nothing at camp, you know, and this is your alliance. You know, I just said, you guys are stupid. You're going to continue to go downhill. I said, Garrett, you can't live. I mean, he was already without the rice dumping, laying around doing nothing. He was just shutting down physically. Well, nobody was bringing him chicken and vegetables. Well, he didn't place an order. (laughs) And he spent all his energy frolicking in the waterfall in his underwear, apparently. Whoa. But, uh, you know, no, uh, you could tell it was wearing on Garrett. It was wearing on Jatia. Um. and what had happened was we went for a walk to get firewood and Garrett had sat there and said, I think we should get rid of Jatia. Mm-hmm. He said, I agree with Cass. And then ta- that's when that whole thing started with Tasha. You know, you're stifling my game, then quit, blah, blah, blah. Garrett didn't want anyone going off alone. Mm-hmm. So he said, we're all going to go get firewood. And it was quite a hike to go get the firewood. And we were out there getting the firewood and Jatia was like, screw you guys. I'm not going to carry your damn firewood if you're getting rid of me. Right. So she dropped her firewood and started to go back to camp. So I actually chased her back to camp with my firewood. And I was coming back to say, Jatia, we can flip this game right now. But when I got to the camp, she had taken the water that was boiling and tried to put out the fire with water. Yeah. With our drinking water. Okay. And then everybody came up and I was like, you guys see. You guys see what's going on here. She just dumped the water. 
And Garrett went crazy. And then I said, I'm going to go wash my feet. Tasha, do you want to come down here? And Garrett said no. And I said, you boys better watch Jatia because she is on probation right now. She (laughs) she just put out the fire. And she's going to do something stupid. And Garrett was so insecure, rightfully so, um, that he followed us down there. And that's when Jatia dumped the rice yeah well that makes a lot more sense that in that moment that you guys are like oh you somebody better be watching her and we had no reason to from what we had seen on the show but that makes a lot more sense but for you to make that to make that decision uh what was it about you know jatia and tasha that made you want to go with them instead of garrett and spencer because you were really were the person that was in the middle and, you know, you probably would have been better off challenge-wise to stick with Garrett and, uh, and Spencer. So why ultimately go with, you know, Jatia and Tasha when Jatia and Tasha had already told you, you know, earlier in that same voting cycle that you, they didn't want to work with you? Well, they didn't show it, but I went on a walk with uh, Garrett. Yeah. And, you know, when we showed up to the beach, we said, what was the decision? He said there was no decision. And he found this random waterfall like two miles from camp. Couldn't, hadn't found the well or tree mail, but he'd found this waterfall. So I took him aside. I said, look, I know you had the decision. It was to get an idol clue or some advantage. Tell me right now, do you have the idol? And he said, I don't know what you're talking about, Cass. You know, there was nothing. He's bluffing. So he's, yeah, I called his bluff. (laughs) Um, and I determined that if he's telling me he wants to be with me to the end and he can't even tell me I got a clue, you could just say, I got a clue. I haven't found it. Okay. And you could lead me just say, oh, it's somewhere near tree mill, not near this phantom waterfall. But I had already surmised that the only way he found this waterfall was with a map because we couldn't find it when we looked again. And um, he couldn't find it either. So, you know, his uh, nature skills were not that high. So I didn't like that he was lying to me. And then he was sitting there trying to shake hands with me. And I had never spoken to Spencer still. And the girls, I thought, worst case scenario, if we go into a merge or a swap and I'm with Jatia and Tasha, people will think I'm on the outs. Mm -hmm. And I have time to build in with one of them. Uh, You know, because there's just a natural assumption that they're from a similar demographic. They're not going to be with the old lady from the country. Um, So I just thought... You know, I can build that better than Garrett and Spencer, who were just kind of both a little bit uh, above it all Mm -hmm. and above talking with me strategically. When you say above it all, you mean above working with you? Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't really on a tribe where I had connected on a level with anyone. And I figured my best end was to go with the girls. They weren't going to go with Spencer. Spencer just wasn't talking to anyone on the Brains tribe other than maybe Garrett. So... You know, knowing Garrett had that idol and he was lying to me, that was the key factor in going with the girls. And then also just knowing that if if we made it any further, um, Tasha and I were going to get rid of Jatia or Spencer next. And it would just deter, you know, we would figure that out down the road. Now, you said a couple times uh, during the game that you referenced the uh, anybody but me type Sandra strategy that that she played. Was that consciously going into the game, you know, something that you decided ahead of time that Sandra is going to be the inspiration for my game? Well, I think I I want the everybody should have the any, anybody but me strategy if you're against the ropes. I mean, you got to make the decision or at least play like you're going to go along with whoever throws you something. Uh 
I don't know if I was going to play like Sandra because I don't know that my personality is the same as hers. I mean, I kind of told him I don't think you're going to have, I can't liken myself to anyone. Um, but I just told him, told casting, you know, I'm going to be unlike any mom you've had. I'm going to, I'm not going to coddle everyone and feel guilty and, and cry about it. I'm just going to go and play the game. So Sandra was kind of the closest female I had, you know, to compare myself yeah. to. But there's, I feel also, you know, a lot of key differences between you and you and Sandra. Um, and I, I can't really, you know, put my finger on exactly, exactly what that is, where you guys both, you know, are playing the, you know, everybody but me game. You guys are both, uh, I, I hope you don't take this wrong, lackluster physical uh, competitors, you have you won you've won an individual immunity. Sandra has not, uh, I, and I didn't suck in the challenges necessarily. I mean, I was at middle of the road. Yeah, and, I mean, I wasn't the last place female except the tippy toe one. But you guys both have something going for you where pre-merge somebody could say okay well this is somebody who maybe isn't a huge asset in the challenges but post-merge nobody's worrying about you as in a, going on an immunity run yeah no one needs to worry about that nobody needs to worry about that and you guys both get in a lot of confrontations also in the game um but for whatever reason that sandra fights with people and, and sandra is sassy with people but people seem to find it endearing as far as the other players go and have voted for her to win the million dollars twice but for whatever reason with you uh the other players don't find it as endearing well it's interesting i was very liked until i flipped yeah everyone said positive things in confessionals i was never this terrorist around camp that i suddenly became after i took away people's game plan so and after I flipped and voted Sarah out, which was in my best interest, as pretty much everyone has agreed who I flipped on, that they were not planning to have me there mm-hmm. and I was not safe. Um, that's when people started to dislike me. And the thing was, everyone was counting on me being their goat like, and being a very quiet goat and going along with them. And it really irritated them, I think, that this person that they discounted and barely spoke to would do this to them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the only person I feel that I really betrayed on that was Tasha. I don't feel that I had a great relationship with Spencer or Jeremiah or Morgan or Sarah. So, and Tasha and I have spoken after the little talk at the pond where Tasha turned her back to me and said, then vote out Cass. Yeah. You, you know, know what? let me talk about one more thing and then let's okay. get, let's re- let's really get into that. Okay. So, you know, the big uh thing that happened next was that you guys had a decision to make after you guys win a challenge and then you lose another challenge, okay? And so, you have to decide you and Tasha are in the driver's seat over whether you should vote out uh Jatia or vote out Spencer. And we talked about this for, you know, a week straight of what was the right decision. I felt like you guys should have kept Spencer. I felt like that was the the right call because you don't know that there's a tribe swap coming. And there's and people had said the counter argument was, well, Jatia is going to be loyal. But how much can you count on Jatia? You know, she has proven herself already to be 
uh, a volatile player. You don't know whether she could, you know, flip on you guys or get mad at you guys or quit the game or anything. And at least Spencer, you know, while he's he's an unknown commodity, you know, he gave his word. There's no guarantee he's going to flip as soon as he has the chance. So I felt like uh, Spencer was was the better way to go. You guys ultimately ended up agreeing with that, but it seemed like that was kind of a last minute decision. Was that as much of a last minute decision at Tribal Council as it appeared on TV? Yes. I mean, I literally called an audible. I was always the first to vote. You made the call? Yeah, I stood up when Jeff said it's time to vote. I just turned around. I said, sorry, Jatia. Tasha, I'm keeping Spence. Because prior to that, we had determined we would keep Jatia for loyalty purposes. And then if we lost, we would get rid of her. But what happened right before when we lost that challenge, where Spencer had played his little heart out, and he did a heck of a job. That was when we had to dive down. Shoot the basketballs. And I was feeling really bad because here was this kid who really really pulled it out in that one yeah and um and jatia you know backstroking her way around not helping rebound at all not not contributing at all um and and it, what if we did have to go to a challenge but the thing that that really got to me was right before we were going to go to tribal tasha had this propensity after we lost a challenge to she was our coach out there and just like she would make us practice she would give us a post game tongue lashing about yes. who had done what wrong and she really went into jatia right before we were going to go to tribal and just said you know you suck and you know <laughs> just said these things that even i was sitting there bristling kind of that that she would do this yeah. and um jatia and i went to go get water and jatia said i am done with tasha she said i cannot work with her I, you know i can't stand her a little preaching to me mm-hmm. whenever things don't go her way and i was like well what does this mean then if the three of us are supposed to be loyal going together that loyalty's out the window Jatia just told me i will slit tasha's throat basically because i'm so mad at her so then it was just a crapshoot whether to go with spencer or Jatia. and I, i'll admit the extra participant that night definitely was helping spencer yeah so uh, in a big way spencer didn't help himself nothing spencer said saved him in my mind it was more that subtle questioning from mr probst about you know well what if what if we aren't uh, swapping or merging yeah and then you really think we're gonna get matt Singh. is it that you feel like you want to make jeff happy or you feel like that jeff is leading you in a direction that is going to imply that there's not going to be a, a swap the next day I felt he was implying there wasn't going to be a swap. Yeah. And the whole thing, all day, Tasha and I were back and forth, back and forth on Jatia and Spencer. And between that little fight and Ta- and Jatia pulling me aside and just saying, I'm just done with her. Because Tasha would get quite preachy mm-hmm. towards people. And it was somewhat annoying um, to be on the receiving end of these lectures. Uh, you know, I didn't think those two could mend that fence. They weren't BFF uh, after probably day four okay so there were several factors and but the thing that really pushed me over the edge was the questioning at tribal and and just really thinking about it like these girls may not be as loyal and if we do lose a challenge you know i never felt like i was on great footing in the brains tribe because i was never with any of those people from the get-go and everyone had shunned me so so then is it 
day 13, whatever the fifth, you know, the fifth hour of survivor of the season in, in TV terms, not team TV terms. Okay. So we have the, the crazy tribe swap where basically you guys go from being in a very bad position in the game to being actually in a, a very strong position. And you guys have the three brains who end up on one tribe and with three of the beauty people who are basically like chickens without heads and then also Sarah. And so uh, this must have been, you know, a very exciting moment, right? It was great because we had all gone for a walk on the beach that morning, the brains and said, look, if this happens today, because we weren't sure what was going to happen, no matter what, we need to all reconvene and work together if we get together at the merge. And then we ended up on the same tribe. So it was very easy. And then, when that swap happened and we got back to the beach and everyone was approaching us, not knowing how fractured we were, mm-hmm. but we were all just keeping our mouths shut, uh, having learned from so many tribals and so much, you know, so many problems. The other tribes hadn't had these problems. Yeah. So they felt like coming and saying, I can never work with Jeremiah. I can never work with Morgan. You know, Sarah's on her own telling us stuff about the Braun tribe. And we just, we went for a walk and we're like, oh my God, we're in the power position. It was sort of like a trial by fire that you guys had been to three tribal councils already and had been through it where the beauty tribe had been to one and Sarah hadn't been to any yet. Do you feel like, we talked about this a lot during the season of intentional mat singing. Do you, is there any merit to that strategy if you come into the game and are in a group of six you know you had you know malcolm and denise and they end up going to the final four you and spencer both end up in the final four of of your season so is there is is there anything even if it's uh is it is that just a coincidence that that two times that happened where these people in the diminished tribes end up going far or and you could also go back to uh, Rupert and Jenna Lewis and Survivor All-Stars, where they were sort of left over from the tribe that was doing bad in the beginning. Well, I think people, I would hope future players would not discount the swing voters or the extra, you know, wingmen out there. But everyone needs them. They always want to keep something in their pocket they might be able to use. I would never intentionally throw a challenge or Matt Singh. I just think your morale gets so low when you start losing. Mm-hmm. And then that causes problems within your own camp. But also not losing causes problems. So I don't know if, you know, I wouldn't say throw a challenge, but it's, uh, you know, the people from Braun didn't really have to play the game till till the merge almost, which is a huge advantage too. But it's also a disadvantage in not having been to tribal. It's an interesting game because, you, you know, doing bad in the beginning could be the end of you or it could also, you know, you know, set the pathway for success. I guess it's sort of like life where you could have like a very like tough childhood and it could ruin you and you end up becoming like, you know, drinking and all, and all these horrible things. Or it could be sort of like what hardens you and you are, if you can like rise from that, you end up being like more productive and a better person than somebody who had a easier childhood who never was tested. So it, it really is sort of like a, a interesting thing to look at in Survivor Player of how rocky their beginnings are in the game. I'd rather be on a winning tribe and keep my mouth shut till the merge. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to go to tribal no matter what because it could be you. This is the era of the blind side. So it could be, but when it comes time for the blind side, if you've been to seven tribal councils by that point, you probably are better able to, you know, see, you know, see that coming ahead ahead of time. I mean, look at somebody like in, 
just going back to Survivor Philippines, where you have Denise, who goes to every single tribal council the whole season, and then you have somebody like RC, who ends up getting blindsided there, and she never had been to tribal council before, and she gets voted out on like day 21. So I think there really is something to it. It's like, it's if you had your choice of go to tribal council or don't go to tribal council, you don't want to go to tribal council. But if you are keeping like there is a benefit to that, too, of going to these tribal councils and like, you know, just keeping your eyes open and learning as you as you go along, because when it comes time to the middle of the game, you're much more experienced at it than the people who had had just basically a soft ride the whole time. Well, and it kind of happened to Sarah, too. Yeah. In terms of the first time you get in that position. You get a little excited and... Yeah, she, and this was top. only her second tribal council, right? right? All right, let's get ahead to that. So you guys vote out Alexis over Jeremiah there. And so, did you want to talk about that? Oh, I always thought that vote was honestly between Sarah and Alexis. I never thought Jeremiah was an actual candidate. Why do you think that the show depicted it that way? I'm not sure. I, I always thought... Well, I, I had told Alexis I was planning to vote for Sarah. Yeah. So... It was funny to me. That's interesting because then, you know, Jeremiah, his name wouldn't come up again for a while. Sarah's name would come up in, you know, just the next vote after the merge. And it sort of seems like it's more out of nowhere that you and Sarah have sort of friction at that point. Well, Sarah was the only brawn when mm-hmm. we when we swapped and the brawn still had all six players in the game. So our thought was, you know, let's at least get rid of one brawn. And we knew how how the beauties were never going to work together. They were all just, you know, not really playing. To me, none of the beauties that I met were really a threat um, strategically. And even LJ, you know, on his vote out, it was really his own fault Mm -hmm. that day for going around making final three deals with everyone and assuming nobody was talking to each other. Oh, well, we'll, we'll let, let's uh, get into that more yeah. when we get to LJ. So let's just talk about this uh, Sarah thing, because this was really, you know, the thing that in a lot of ways sort of defined your season of this this flip that happens at final 11 when you guys when you guys have this merge. OK, so to us watching at home, there's six there's six of you guys and it's the three brains. And to us at home, there's a final three with you and Tasha and Spencer. You guys are the three. And then here's Sarah also, plus uh, you have Jeremiah and, and Morgan. And there's six of you guys. And Tony's got his top five, baby. And Sarah is the swing vote in, in the middle. But you guys are having this uh, tension. And it seems to be coming from that Sarah is like, hey, you know, I'm with you, I'm with you guys. And you're saying, well, you really haven't shown us anything yet. You know, vote out one of your own people for w- once and then we'll have a little bit more of, you know, faith in, in what you're saying. And she seemed to balk at at that. And uh, do I have it all correct so far? Yes. OK. So at what point do you realize that this is sort of starting to escalate into a scenario that you can't work with anymore? Well, Sarah and I just, there's just personalities that don't get along. And for whatever reason, from, well, we actually, when we swapped, she went on a walk with me. First thing, I was the first person she pulled away to take down and show some trail, or maybe tree mail. And she said, what do you think? You know, how about me and you? And I said, I said, well, what are you thinking? I mean, are you thinking me and you or me and you and the bronze or me and the brains and you. And she said, well, I'm kind of flushing it out, you know, 
what are the possibilities? I said, I'm open to all possibilities. But um, I said, you know, we haven't been on the beach an hour. I'm not going to tell you, me and you. Uh, Because I just, I had this thing about her. I just didn't trust her. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a few conversations where she came to the three brains and said, hey, I'm in solid with with, uh, Tony, Trish, and Wu, and me, we're four. We're a final four. This is what she told us. We're a final four. You three get with us, and you guys are all top seven. Yeah. That's what she told us. Right. And I was like, well, I don't really want to be top seven. You're basically telling me I'm five, six, or seven. Yeah. So that is not a great deal for me. I might be willing to take that deal right now and then see what I can flip around. But that was her whole thing was telling us how strong she was with these four people. Mm-hmm. And to me, that hurt her game. Instead of her saying, you know what? Let me be your fourth. Screw them. You know, or just phrasing it differently than, I get you guys top seven. Cass, you can see your husband. You know, that was her whole thing. You can get your family here. And yeah. then she went and told that to the beauties as well. Right. So I didn't like all that double dealing. Spencer became enamored with her. It, her police stories. I mean, he was talking about becoming a police officer out there uh, with Tony too. He talked about the police. So maybe, yeah. maybe he really was considering that. I don't think t- Spencer's ever had a run in with the police. You well, know? That, that's good for him. He's a good young lad. He is a, steering clear of the police so far. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think he became enamored with this kind of blue collar lifestyle, these stories of red box movies and police cars in Iowa winters and donuts is, <laughs> And, uh, you know, here's this cute girl telling him this uh, out the side of her mouth. And, you know, they began to go off. And Jeremiah and Spencer had a a bond. And it's interesting, post-game, you never hear Spencer saying, it was me and Cass and Tasha. Mm -hmm. You you hear Tasha saying, it was me and Cass and Morgan. Yeah. Um, So who's being revisionist here? The logical three-person alliance to, to pitch is Cass, Spencer, Tasha. Right. Um, not throw in a Morgan and, um, and Sarah, I've talked to Sarah. We're now on good terms and, uh, she admits I was going to be the second or third juror in her mind. Okay. So, but it's a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, but so, all right. So basically you guys, you guys have the six, but it's starting, it's starting to fracture, uh, uh, in in all these different ways, where Spencer is going off more with uh, with more with Morgan and Jer- and Jeremiah with Sarah and Jeremiah. Uh, so, I'm sorry, Sarah with Sarah and Jeremiah. And now, th- where is where is Tasha in in all this? Because uh, that, Tasha, in my interview with her, you know, categorically denies what you're saying. That she says that it was me and uh, it was me and Spencer and Cass. Oh, well, in another interview, she said it was her and me and Morgan. Yeah. Uh, I think that was in Parvati's interview where she said we had a final three. With I'd have Morgan. to go back and check the tape on this. Well, because she... I remember being shocked. Okay. I was like, wow, because Morgan and I never really spoke. Um, so the thing with Tasha that that convinced me was I had gone on that walk that you saw with, I think Jeremiah was there and Sarah. And I said, why don't we just vote out Trish? And Sarah emphatically said, no, I will not vote out Trish. I'm never going to vote. And I was all for going after Trish or Jeffra instead of going after one of the guys mm-hmm. who might have an idol. I was certain that one of them had it. And then at one point, LJ had come up and spoken to me, which was a little weird, and said, Cass, what can I do to save myself? And to me, that was kind of a clue that he was feeling me out like 
if he should play his idol or not because mm-hmm. he hadn't really spoken to me at all so it was yeah. weird that he would come to me of all people in that alliance um so after that that thing with sarah at the pond tasha and i went for a walk which we did every day and i said hey what's going on here you know what are we going to do if Sarah doesn't go with us? I just said, I feel like she's going to go back with Trish and Tony. And Sarah kept coming to us saying, you guys got to keep me away from them. They're trying to reel me in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you're the one telling Trish, let's go walk down the beach. So you're affirmatively wanting to go with them. And additionally, when we merged, Spencer and Sarah took half the rice. Did you hear about this? No. Well, we had that big bag of rice, the second bag of rice that Trish had gotten yeah. was full. So they took half the rice and they ran, Spencer ran down one of the pads and hit it because the plan originally was we're going to like split the camp Brady Bunch style and no one's going to talk to the bronze and LJ and Jeffra. This, this is, was this Sarah's is the, plan. This is the Boston Rob Buddy system. Right. This is, yeah, this is, eh, we're not going to talk to them. We're going to, you know, and, and ba- I mean, it works for Boston Rob. It pisses off the jury members because basically tell them that you're, you know, Boston Rob didn't let the other people sleep in the shelter. They basically, you know, had a total separation uh, scenario. Well, this was Sarah's proposal. Yes. To prove her loyalty. To and you guys. We, right. Okay. And when they arrived, her and Spencer did this thing with the rice that we were going to save it for when it was down to the six of us. And what happens immediately when that boat pulls in, Sarah goes off with Trish and Tony. Yeah. So the person who wants to put that duct tape line across the bedroom mm-hmm. is the person that crosses over. I saw an episode of Full House like that also. Oh, yeah. Well, my arrow would be the Brady Bunchers. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Maybe it's not in context of the podcast world. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, you know, where you put the line, just like when you're riding with your brother or sister in the back seat and your parents draw a line. Mm-hmm. That's what was going to happen at camp. So at what point do you start to consider, should I go over and should I get the jump on Sarah and go and vote with the other people? Are you already thinking of this before Trish talks to you about voting with them? Yeah, actually, Tony and I had gone for a walk that first morning, early in the morning. We were always the first people up. So we went out to go crabbing and we went down some path and... uh he said, hey, you know, what's up with the brains? And, and I said, look, I'm not in with anybody. And I said, there's a lot of cracks over there. And I don't know how tight you guys are with LJ and Jeffra. And I said, but I'm definitely open to things. And that was long before Trish ever approached me about anything. Um, and then I said, well, I'm going to kind of distance myself from my own alliance. Because none of them were really talking to me anyway. Um they were just going to, I guess, tell me who the vote was for. Mm-hmm. So that when we were out in the water talking, I purposefully moved away from the group as far away as I could. And you saw they were all in tight and I'm on the outside and I'm just nodding. Um, and I wanted the people on the beach to see that I'm not the player because Sarah had apparently told them I was running the show over there. Yeah. So I wanted them to see that I'm not the one talking or making gestures. So that they could feel I was approachable with what was going to go down. And I think that worked by just distancing myself and, and they, I didn't really have a lot of opportunities. I mean, Trish said that in the shelter and I said, yeah, you know, I would think about it. And, um, 
then right before tribal, she and Jeffro were walking past me on the beach, and they just said, hey, we're voting for Sarah if, you're, if you want to join us. There was very minimal discussion. There was mm-hmm. no guarantees from either side. And it really was, um, I thought, in my best interest to jump over to that ship because I knew Tony and LJ were going to gun for each other because they were just alpha males. You could just see they didn't really trust each other. Um, and then it seemed like, and I had actually approached Spencer and said, why don't we pull in Jeffra just as an extra? I said, I don't think we should get rid of, you know, Jeffra because she is malleable. And if we need to pull someone in, cause Sarah goes back with Tony and them, we should pull. And Spencer said, that's a dumb idea. And I was like, you don't see Sarah won't vote for Trish. They're always going off talking. You could be being used here. So, a hundred percent, you feel like it was the right strategic decision to go with them at that point, or was there some part of you that said, "Oh, this is going to feel so good because these people aren't there; they all forgot about me. They're not; they're not taking me seriously. I'm going to show them that they made a mistake." Not even a little bit, Cass. I don't think so because I honestly wanted to talk to Tasha. But it after. did feel good, though, right? It was hilarious. And when those boys pulled out their idols, yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there laughing because I knew what I was going to do. And I was like, oh my gosh, we j- two idols just got flushed. Right. And one completely without merit. Like LJ, why would you play your idol? Well, I think he was busted because after Tony said, okay, Jeff, I'm going to play my idol for LJ. And then LJ's like, oh boy, uh, you know. I, I have an idol, too, because if, if Tony would have found out that LJ had an idol and Tony played his idol on LJ, Tony's head would have exploded, right? Well, his head exploded every yeah, day. Yeah, that's true. I guess so. I mean, it, you know, I mean, the, that's and that's the game is you have to be yeah. willing to do those things. I would personally rather have an idol and have Tony's head explode over it than okay. put that idol back in play for Tony to find. Now, did any part of you say, OK, you know what? I don't feel good about these people. They're all making their own alliances. People aren't, you know, I I don't feel good about whether it's Sarah, whether it's Tasha or Spencer or any of these guys, but we're at 11 right now. I'm going to make my move at nine or at eight. Did any part of you say, let me wait, let me wait on this. Let me get a couple of these guys out of the game and then I'll make my move. I didn't feel that move would be available if I didn't take it then. And you know, I had a talk with Jeff about this after the game. He said, you know, Cass, you just, you play with your gut a hundred percent and it's the first gut. And he said, that's a major problem players have is they have that feeling like I should do this right now and they don't. And they end up going home knowing they should have done it. Mm -hmm. So I just played entirely, you know, shooting from the hip. And that day I felt like my only ally within that six was Tasha. And she just sat on the beach and told me she had a plan B and a plan C if things didn't work out and I should get one too. Which kind of let me feel like, you know, we, I was on my own if Sarah didn't flip with us. Uh, But it wasn't out of spite or anything. I honestly felt like this was a girl who was going to destroy this alliance of ours. And our alliance consisted of, of, you know, Jeremiah and Morgan who were never going to do anything. And Spencer and Tasha who had already proven themselves to be, you know, not the best strategists with going with Garrett and doing some silly things over there. And I didn't entirely trust Spencer because we weren't tight. And um, I didn't really talk to Jeremiah that much or Morgan. So all I had was Tasha. 
Mm-hmm. And I actually felt like I would be able to speak to her and get back on board. And unfortunately, after that vote, Spencer spent a great deal of time cussing me off and telling me how stupid I was. And Tasha refused to speak to me for six days. Yeah. I mean, you can't do, you can't. And what that's, I. Uh, that's unfortunate. You can't. You can't give up. That's quitting. Yeah. You're the game with discounting anyone who might come back. And I probably would have gone back. And Jeremiah and Spencer approached me a couple of days after my flip and said, look, can we work together again? This is the Morgan vote still, right? Um, yeah, I think Morgan had yet to be voted out. And I didn't want vo- Morgan voted out. I wanted Tasha voted out because she was being mean to me. I did want yeah. Tasha out because she was being, at that point, you know, she was like someone who wouldn't speak to me and made it very uncomfortable. But additionally, she was a huge challenge threat and strategically possibly a threat to get in and make new allies. Um, Tony wanted Morgan out. Yeah. He thought the beauties were going to get back together, which shows that he can't read people in situations as well as he thinks. But Spencer and Jeremiah did come to me on the beach and I said, I will work with you guys. And they said, well, will you work with Tasha and Morgan? I said, I can't. All they do is tell me to shut the F up every day, Mm -hmm. nonstop. And I said, so put yourself in my shoes. You're pitching me to come over and help you guys regain numbers with people who won't even speak to me. So I said, come up with some new numbers, mix it up, go get LJ and Jeffra. Yeah. I said, switch it up, get out of your box and let's come up with a new five. My whole thing was I always wanted a five to be with yeah. and then a three. I think those are the numbers you need. It's important to have a short memory uh, with these things in, in Survivor. That's, that's, that's definitely important. Um, after you have the vote and you switch to go with these, these other people, who did you feel good about in this, other, in this new grouping? Like, who did you feel like, okay, well, I've got this, you know, this person is working with me or was there nobody that you felt good with? There was really nobody. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel a close bond with anybody, but I also knew when we got back to camp and Spencer went off and Tasha was so mad and Morgan showed some sign of life towards anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeremiah did nothing. Yeah. Um, I saw that they were going to shun me completely, which is dumb uh, to do. I mean, maybe for the night, but by morning, you better be thinking about the game. Um. And I think everyone was so mad because I was going to be everyone's goat. And they didn't ever expect that I would be the one to get rid of their new leader. Uh, Or I don't know why they were so mad. Maybe because they were all so blindsided. Um, Well, yeah, I think they were mad because they were already making plans of how they were going to be the final six. And one of the six of them was going to win the game. And then that was sort of all like out the window, seemingly. And uh, there was not much they could do about it. Yeah, but the very next, uh, like, you know, strategic time episode, LJ and Jeffro were open to discussing things. And I knew that if if you're going to flip at 11, it's actually better than seven because there's a lot more wiggle room in the game. You Mm -hmm. have 10 players left. Those five who were tight are going to implode, which happens, especially if they're not from the same tribe. Uh, The other five are going to have problems. People are going to start thinking. The problem with our little alliance was if you took out Sarah, you had Tasha and Spencer who from day one were playing like they were on day 38 and they continued that mentality after the flip. They just couldn't have their plans ruined. I mean, it was almost, it's almost funny to think about how when they were caught off guard, they never regained their footing in terms of strategy. They had it so lined up. 
And Spencer had so many opportunities in this game to turn it over. Like what? what? Well, like on the Jeffro vote out. Yeah. He could have played his idol. He could have, and he and I actually spoke that day about options. Mm-hmm. And he didn't tell me he had the idol, but um, and he hadn't told his, you know, the prior vote. He could have told his alliance, I have the idol. Maybe we can pull someone in. Mm-hmm. Because I was never extremely tight with the bronze, but no one ever brought me a good pitch to come right. back over. Um, and they needed to phrase it in a manner that, you know, we aren't going to just use you for one vote. Uh, but couldn't you pitch that stuff to them? There was no reason to pitch it to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually, when I did my flip, one of the things I was thinking about was what a great narrative to be the the only brain up against two brawn. And, I mean, to me, the bronze didn't really have to play till the merge. So it was going to be a great story for Final Tribal mm-hmm. to say, you know, rather than go up against Spencer or Tasha, I didn't want to go up against Spencer or Tasha under any circumstance. Okay, Morgan ends up uh, getting voted out. Did Spencer find the immunity idol? In, was that in the Morgan uh, vote off episode? Uh, I can't remember when he found I, it. I think was so, it that one? I think so. And you guys sort of, uh, it seemed like you guys had the big blowout, but then a little bit of a reconciliation. It's seemingly from the, t- from the TV show. Is that not as depicted? Well, we had our big, blowout like he really went off on me when we came back from camp that night yes and he was extremely petulant and had a big tantrum at my expense Mm -hmm. and um and then he was pretty standoffish to me and then when i was following him around when he had that idol clue we were talking you know and he was like at one point Wu had shown me the idol clue and spencer didn't have it and he's like come on Cass, help me and i said i can't we're we're like mortal enemies you know i can't tell you what it said and then he found it. and um, Did you know he found it? I did not at that time. Okay. It was purely based on his behavior that I determined that he had it. And they didn't show, but they had another reward where Jeffro went with them. And in Jeffra's napkin was an idle clue. Mm-hmm. And this is why Tony wanted Jeffra out. Was uh, She then came to Trish and told Trish that she had been given this idle clue, but she turned it over to Spencer and the gang at the reward and that's still a cover that's a little little bit down the line right. I mean, that's when jeremiah gets voted off but that was additionally how i knew spencer right. had it because he didn't look for it you know when he had this new clue no one went out looking for it so i knew someone probably had it if you get an idle clue it's usually the person who gets the clue that finds it typically yeah i mean so just logic dictated that spencer was actually being pleasant somewhat smug just i had spent so much time with him you know you had a good read i i think yeah so go back to what we were talking about earlier with this lj vote okay so lj ends up getting blindsided and to some degree you're blindsided as well by this and i'm sure you're you're gonna say that this was a a net positive for you so you weren't too upset about it right yeah i actually i actually kind of laughed when it happened because I had predicted previously that LJ and Tony would go after each other. And that day I knew that LJ had come to me about a final three. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he had gone to woo about a final three and possibly a couple other people. So I thought, well, word's going to get back to Tony and then Tony's head's going to explode as usual. Yeah. And now is that what happened? Cause I felt like uh, in the episode they made it seem like Tony was just starting to get wary of LJ. And I, I don't remember if they gave us a, a reason exactly why. Yeah, I don't know if Tony knew 
on that vote or not. I think he did. I think afterward he said, you know, that LJ was talking to too many people. Yeah. Or something to that effect. And it was pretty obvious. I mean, he would do it right at the campfire. When mm. Someone's like two feet behind me and he's like, Cass, what do you think about me and Jeffra? I was like, whatever. Yeah, that's great. Was LJ a good player? Um, I never saw LJ play. Yeah. I mean, he was good at challenges. Because to us on the watching the show, he seemed like a good player. Well, when did he really? I mean, obviously something else happened out there when Tony trusted when LJ trusted Tony on that vote out of Cliff, he must have shown Tony the idol or something. Yeah. Or, or we, there, something had to happen to make him be that secure. Yeah. Well, we, that's what we suspected that there was some sort of, although, you know, then he, but then Tony seems surprised when LJ plays the idol for him. So I don't know exactly uh, what happened there. We'd probably have to ask one of those two guys, but I felt like, in the way that LJ became the leader of the beauty tribe, and maybe, you know, knowing now what we know about the beauty tribe, maybe, you know, in the, in the kingdom of the blind, uh, you know, with, with LJ among the strategists in the beauty tribe. But it's seemingly, you know, with any sizes, uh, Morgan with the, uh, you know, can't trust, uh, hot versus cute. And he is able to sort of woo, uh, Trish, not talking about the guy woo, but in that he charms, uh, Trish over and is able to save his butt there. So it, you know, and he has sort of Jeffrey in tow. So to us watching, it felt like, okay, Tony's probably too volatile. Maybe I think LJ is going to be the one that comes out of this. Well, you know, Tony had Trish, probably the biggest factor. And I wasn't there for the cliff vote out. I would say that, uh, Trish was probably behind that. And I would say that LJ, if he felt comfortable, not for sharing idol clues or anything, it would be because Trish despised cliff and Lindsay. And she made no, you know, she made no effort to hide who she despised when she was out there. So, if Trish was behaving in that manner in front of Cliff and Lindsay, you know, just like you guys are next or something. I mean, that that could very well have been going on out there to mm. give a sense of security to Jeffra and LJ. Uh, and I mean, he was smart to go along with it. He didn't have a lot of choices. The only thing I found odd about that was not playing the idol. So something else, you know. Uh, but in terms of his gameplay, I didn't see any gameplay other than the day he came to everyone and was like how about me and you and jeffro which i thought was silly to just overtly in one day go to ever how many people were left and try to get a final why did he get this idea uh all of a sudden one day well i think he knew that trish and woo and tony were unbreakable yeah and then they were so um maybe he saw that and was like well it's time for me to try to make a move um i don't know and I don't know why, you know, I didn't mind that one because LJ was going to have to go at some point. But I also didn't think LJ was going to be in a good spot to take. I thought he would be someone good to take to the end because he wasn't that personable with people. And he was, I didn't, I felt like if you had all these beauty girls on there, they were going to be mad. And then if he had betrayed Tony, you know, and that alliance, they would be mad. So he might be a good person to actually hang out with. And because he wasn't very vocal around camp. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that he was a great player. I didn't see any signs of it. I don't think he was a lousy player. I just, he was just kind of there for a brief period of time. Okay. So LJ goes out and then Jeremiah follows him out. And then we have the Jeffra 
vote off. Now, was this one for you a bit more of a blind side that you were not thrilled about? Yeah, this to me was a stupid move because we needed to get Spencer out. Spencer was doing well in immunity challenges. Tony had already had his way in not getting um, Tasha out, which ended up she went on a three-run individual immunity run. So Trish and I were kind of like, Tony, we need to get Spencer out. Um, and that was the opportunity to get Spencer out. But Tony felt that Jeffra was a bigger threat. I don't know why Tony felt that. I think that was an emotional decision because he was mad that Jeffra had contemplated flipping on him. But Jeffra couldn't pull the trigger. If you knew Jeffra, you knew she wasn't going to do anything. And because Tony had control of Trish, Trish worked Jeffra to keep her in our alliance. Trish yeah. and I both sat out there in the ocean and worked her, worked her, worked her and told her how stupid it would be to flip. So then she went back to Jeremiah and said, sorry, buddy, I can't, you know. Yeah. And that was purely the work of Trish and I sitting in the water just saying, you don't want to do it right now. Wait till we get rid of one more of them. Yeah. So you feel like the women's alliance and Tony's fear of it was uh, an irrational fear? Yeah, there was not going to be a women's alliance because Tony, if he were if he were here, if I was if I was going to channel Tony, I believe he would say is, uh, look, after we get rid of Spencer, Tasha, and we got Wu and uh, Cass, and it's hard it's hard to make make the point and do the voice at the same time. But I think he would say that um, if you didn't if you left or if you left. Uh, you know, yourself and Jeffra and Cass, uh, I'm sorry, and, and Trish together, would they, would they have turned to him as the biggest target then at a certain point um, when the women had the numbers, say, at like Final Five? Uh, it's possible, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not knowing he would have the Tyler Perry idol in the coming days. Well, he, we knew he had the other idol. Yes. Um, after the auction. Right. Because he came back and showed everybody. And then I don't remember when he admitted to having the Tyler Perry idol. Yeah. Um, but to me, I didn't want to get Tony out anyway because a lot of people didn't like him. Mm -hmm. He was just over the top. Um, so he was another person I, I would rather, you know, get rid of, uh, you know, uh, probably Trish. I'm not, he might have the Tyler Perry idol at this point. He does. Yeah. Okay. He has posted pictures of his child with it asking Tyler Perry to sign it. No, no. I mean, at oh. the <laughs> at this point in, in the, the game, game where Jeffrey gets voted off. Yeah. I'm not sure he had it yet. I can't remember. I haven't actually rewatched the season. I just watched it once. Yes. I haven't obsessively yeah. dissected everything. So, uh, so this annoyed you that Jeffra ends up uh, getting voted out. Yes. And... It annoyed me because we needed to get rid of Spencer. Yeah. And Tony was not performing well in challenges. Wu choked in challenges. Trish sucked. Jeffra sucked. The The best thing to do to level the playing field, and I was no challenge beast, was to get rid of Spencer. Mm -hmm. I mean, just logically, let's make it all of us people who suck at challenges. All right. So then after Jeffra goes out, then uh, Tasha is going to be uh, the next one to go. And so... 
what I'm kind of curious to know is at what point did your relationship with Trish really start to deteriorate? Because from watching the show, I remember like writing blogs at that time of, okay, final six, Cass and Trish need to stick together. You guys seem like you were a pair. And then by, you know, an episode later, you guys are getting into this big feud and uh, you're saying, you know, I never liked you. I never liked you. So uh, what was sort of the inciting incident that sort of caused this friction between you guys? Well, that was a big blind side to me. When we came back from that challenge um, and Trish just went off on me. I mean, Spencer hadn't even put down his necklace. We walked into camp and she just launched into me. And I was just like, where is this coming from? Um, And I think it was her own insecurity knowing that she may have overplayed her hand and here Spencer had won immunity so it was going to be me her or woo going Mm -hmm. home and i think she knew in her heart that that she was probably going to get the axe um that day Mm -hmm. and she didn't really have any reason other than hearing me talk to woo and spencer about getting rid of her but she says i've never liked you and says you know even from before that before that moment there was no like fight that started earlier there was never a fight and this this is how Trish would operate. You know, if someone went home, she would sing, you know, another one bites the dust and then spend three days talking trash about that person. Yeah. So I think she felt like I was going home that night because she was so good with Tony and Wu and it was the obvious choice to get rid of me. So she felt comfortable launching into me in that manner. And she was mad that I would confront Tony at camp. Mm-hmm. She would. She was the cleanup artist. Tony caused a lot of problems and Trish spent a lot of time sitting on logs making up for him. And, you know, I think I caused her a lot of problems because I would confront Tony on stuff because he was a bit of a turd around camp. And, you know, he did get into a lot of arguments. What does that mean? He was a bit of a turd. He would just get into arguments and poke fun at people about things that they were already down about. You know, I mean, I... It's amazing to me that Spencer... Give me an example of something. Well, he used to make fun of Spencer all the time for his lack of strategy and and just, you know, (laughs) how he's, you know, he just couldn't... He was like the Charlie Brown kid out there. And Tony would just make fun of him that, you know, yeah, Spencer, you got to... You got to ride my coattails here. Oh, yeah, Spencer, my son. You know, he would just go off on Spencer. And that's what's so funny. that seems good-natured. Well, yeah, I think... And then he really was condescending toward the women you know, a lot. Yeah. And I never took it personal. I mean, I did a lot around camp and I think I was the only female who helped with the fire and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I, I would kind of laugh. And when he, he did have that tirade one day that if you girls have the girls Alliance, you won't even be able to start a fire because you all suck. And, you know, yeah, Spencer that, had talked about that in my interview with him. And he said that was the reason why Tasha didn't vote for Tony in the end. Yeah. I think that was one of the reasons. Oh, there were more. Yeah. I mean, Tony had a lot of comments like that. And I think that one maybe is the only one Spencer tuned into, like he's crossing a line. <laughs> but there were many instances where Tony would say stuff that was a little misogynistic. I found it funny because I think that's just who Tony is and, mm-hmm. and like a cultural thing for him that he's this big bra- bravado. He's just this guy and that's how he thinks. Um, and he's probably turning into a little bowl of mush now that he has a daughter and another baby. So, yeah. you know, I mean, and seeing what that women really rule the world. <laughs> so he, uh, Whoa. he's going to have a little sh- paradigm shift with parenthood. I'm sure. But to, if you think about who was there among the women, you had Morgan who 
he made fun of a lot uh, for her pillowness and and you know doing nothing. And Jeffra, I mean, he was he would say stuff just, and they were like young single women who, why would they know how to make a fire? Why would they? That's fair, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tasha took that personal and some other stuff. But at that point in the game, Tasha was feeling very comfortable and confident. Her pitch to the women was, um, and I I so wish they'd have aired this. She said that God had chosen the winner, and that if we wanted to get to the final four, the three of us better go on with her. And who said that? Tasha. Tasha. God already knew who the winner was. Yeah, and I was like, really? If God's out here, you don't think He's worried about those kids starving with no shoes out there? I mean, oh my God. like, so it became because she had won three challenges. Yeah, and she was like, I can carry you women to the end. You can ride my coattails. I'll take out Tony. I'll take out all the men in our way. And That's so. God obviously is Team TV. Yes, and I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed that. But God is God is Team TV, and uh, there's no that should be the next T-shirt. God is Team TV. Yeah, and a picture of God with like uh, pointing his finger down at Tony, and he, Tony's just like, like flashing flexing. lightning on all of us. <laughs> yeah, it's like from the clouds that are shaped like hands. <laughs> That's right. And Team TV. <laughs> it's like on a, like with a halo and on a cloud. Mark Burnett should have cast Tony as Noah. <laughs> That's, hey, well, you know, Mark Burnett has a direct connection to uh, the man upstairs, and that's how he makes all these movies now. Is it? Yes. God is funding those too? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Yes. I need to get in on this God thing. Yes, you do. Um, <laughs> all right. So just going back to the final six real quick. So this is when uh, Tasha gets voted out. But you go on this reward with Wu and Spencer. And you guys come up with this plan. And just t- take me through what you guys hatch on that reward challenge. Well, my plan was let's split the vote and flush Tony's idol. Yeah. We knew he had one idol. He might have had two. And and it was... Uh, Wu was supposed to vote for Tony. And Spencer was supposed to vote for Tony. And Tasha and I were supposed to vote for Trish. And then Tony and Trish would vote for Tasha. Yeah. And then we would do a re-vote. Mm-hmm. And I had actually told Wu, let's do this and let's still get Tasha out, but let's flush an idol. You know? Right. Because we know there's at least one in play... It just makes it easier for Final Five if if an idol is out and we know it. I mean, little did I don't think we even knew at this point he had two idols. So that was all, you know. It was kind of on Wu's shoulders, and they made it look like I backed out. But what really happened was um, Wu came to me right before the vote and said, "We're not really doing this, are we, Cast?" And I was like, "We need to do this." And he said, "Well, I don't really want to make Tony upset, so I'm not going to do it." Yeah. And I didn't have time to go to Spencer and Tasha and say it's not happening. And it really didn't matter to me, you know, that I couldn't do that. I figured I could clean it up at Final Tribal if I needed to. Um, So I knew Wu wasn't going to vote for Tony. So me voting for Trish was not going to do any good other than piss off Tony and Trish. So I voted for Tasha as well, which the end result would have been the same. Tasha would have gone home, um, but we would have flushed an idol. Right. Would have been more exciting. It would have been great, and it would have shown Wu playing. Yeah, but he just couldn't. And yeah. we worked on him a lot on that reward. And <laughs> but now, you didn't work on a cover story with him. I know. I mean, because Tony had it all figured out. He's like, okay, if Wu comes back and says they didn't talk strategy, that means they did talk strategy. And they said, okay, Wu, what happened? And he's like, yeah, uh, Spencer wants to 
vote out Tasha. It's like, <laughs> he's like, whoa, Spencer wants to vote out Tasha now? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, well, he asked, everybody but asked that. that's a that. good teachable moment, I feel like, for future Survivor people. And the Survivor 29 people, are they're obviously playing the game. But if you're, if, if you're going to be somebody that's on Survivor 30, that's a good, I think that's a good thing to like, okay, there's, there's the plan. And then if you have somebody like a Wu, you need to tell them what the fake plan is also. Yeah, I, you know, and, and we should have known because every time you came back from a reward, everybody would be like, well, what'd you guys talk about? And well, we didn't talk about anything. Yeah. I mean, everyone denies strategy talk. Mm-hmm. So you need to come up with what, what's the real talk and then what's the fake talk well, that was happening also. Perhaps they won't put a woo on again. <laughs> oh, but I, I, there certainly were woo fans that, you yeah. know. You know, I don't think, do you feel like, and maybe you have information that, that I don't, I don't think that the people at CBS were necessarily disappointed in, in Wu. I feel like that, that he was, he was, you know, a likable person. He ultimately gave the game to the person who I think they were happy that won the game. So I don't think that they were, they were, were like, oh, why did we put Wu on the show? I don't think they'll ask him back, but I don't think they were unhappy with Wu. Well, we all have our roles. Yeah. And that's the thing. In Survivor, you have to have people like Wu and and people who aren't going to be strategical. I guarantee you he's not the last stoner surfer guy they put on the show. You know, he I, wasn't the first and he won't be the last. And I really like Wu as a person. So he seems like a very nice guy. He's a super nice guy. You know, I hope he gets his martial arts studio and then he would have a job. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be good. Um, so... Let's get into it. So this final five episode, this is where, you know, there's so many fireworks here. And this is where uh, we get the whole uh, talk llama stuff comes up. And now I don't think that we've ever uh, talked about this. And, you know, I think uh, I've heard this through the grapevine, but that talk about why is Tony telling you to, in case people don't know about this, why is Tony telling you to talk llama? Well, no one out there knew I was an attorney. Yeah. They all, I told everyone I was an animal handler, which is true. My parents do have an exotic animal ranch, and I do handle all kinds of animals. It's how I grew up. So I would often out there, when people would kind of make fun of me for various things, just say, you know, well, I'm not very good socially because I only work with animals. Yeah. You know, and I just work alone and just walk the fence lines and feed everybody and clean up poop. So... I'm sure they all had little confessionals where they were making fun of me in animal voices. But that day, I mean, Tony just, I, we weren't, it was kind of like Garrett or Boston Rob. No one was allowed to, to strategize other than Tony. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what if I hadn't been on the show? Who would have been the foil to Tony and to bring out his inner llama? You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. And it was, it was so hilarious when he did that. We were just, yeah. I, I mean, and lo- why did he pick a llama? Yeah, you didn't say you work with llamas, right? I never... And he, it was a llama. Llama. Yeah. Do you want me to talk llama to you? And that was my favorite part on the red carpet was I kept hearing him in interviews and all he was doing was going... <laughs> <"Bloop,"> you know? <laughs> like, that's what Tony will be remembered for is speaking... One, one of the things. One of the things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that, that was really, really great. Now, I was confused at this point where you had said in the previous episode like oh maybe maybe tony's our russell hance maybe i want to go to the end with tony for is what you had said uh in the in the previous episode now tony comes to you and says 
Okay, Cass, I want to go to the final three. We're going to go to the end. And so, okay, this is good. Seemingly giving you what you want. But you go to Woo and try to talk to, t- talk to Woo about, hey, just so you know, Tony just came to me, said uh, final three deal. Did you not believe Tony and his final three deal? Or did, is this going back to that you want to break up uh, Tony and Trish and Wu at that point? So just talk to me about uh, that whole process. Well, Wu had already told me that he had a final three deal with Tony and Trish. Yeah. And Tony had told me he had a final deal with me and Trish. Mm-hmm. So I never believed a word Tony said out there. Um, so I wanted to flush that out and I wanted Wu to see that Tony was being deceptive to him. I, I really wanted Wu to, to cut loose from Tony a bit just in case Wu won immunity, um, you know, to contemplate options down the road and to break that loyalty he had to Tony. I mean, Tony lied to everyone. Tony told everybody everything, but for some reason, Trish and Wu just kept being lied to and going along with it. And despite everything that you did here and despite going to Wu and saying, look, Tony is lying to you and he's, uh, he just made me a deal and Tony doesn't care about you. Wu still is going to take Tony to the end. I know. And not because I think that Tony is, has, you know, made a lot of enemies. I think I could beat Tony. Uh, it's because that's the honorable thing. To, I got to do right by Tony. I think Wu didn't want to lose to me. I think Wu knew he was going to lose, like, in that moment. And um, I would say probably everyone was being encouraged to take Tony, Mm -hmm. you know, because that would have been a great... Tony was going to make great TV. He's team TV. He's team TV. His initials are TV. The man was (laughs) made for TV. Um, So he... uh, But... uh, I didn't think... I mean, you know, at that tribal, I wasn't surprised at all. It wasn't like it was a blind side. I just was very disappointed that Wu wouldn't even take a shot at winning. Mm-hmm. He had no shot of beating Tony. I mean, I sat there that day and I said, look, put everybody's initials and make a column. Who gets whose vote? Tony gets all these votes. If you take out Tony, you have a chance to take his votes, you know, up against me. Yeah. Uh, but if you leave Tony in there, Tony's getting my vote. Plus all these that I've just shown you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Wu, he's, I don't think he was really a fan of the show. I think he, he might have been recruited. And I don't think he grasped how the jury worked. And the going in and saying, I didn't do anything. And I'm going to get rid of the goat. But what he should have done is get rid of Tony and said, I was his goat. Now I'm bringing the other goat. Mm-hmm. That's how he felt. It would have been more of a, you know, Darth Vader throwing the Emperor uh, into the heart of the Death Star moment. Yes. Yes. Or, even better, he should have just handed the necklace to me and said, I am not worthy. Cass and Tony finish this great season with a great <laughs> final two and let's let's all now, rip you guys apart. Now, you feel like you would have beaten Wu in the, in the finals because when I talked to Spencer, that he did not see it that way. Well, Spencer, when you talked to him, was like the day after the finale. I believe it was two days after the yeah. finale. And you know how it is after you see your your demise on TV. Yes. And then you go through this excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually read anything that Spencer said about me. I overheard some stuff. Um, 
you know, everyone's a revisionist, right? Yes. But at that Ponderosa, when I came in, the little Ponderosa videographer was like, Cass, you only needed one more vote. We actually polled, and you had four votes for you and five for Wu. Okay. Which I find credible in that moment. And you know, the live finale thing. But nobody's put their names to it? Um, no, I haven't even asked people who it was. All right, well, let's think about it. Let's, okay, let's, it's Cass versus Will. And you have my well, vote. I, I have said, I've said, front, I said that night, I was ready to come on, and I thought before that Wu picked Tony, I thought Wu was going to go to the finals with you, and Wu was going to win, and I was, I was all prepared to say that this was, it's ruined the whole season, that you should have won over Wu. Uh, that being said, let's go, just go through it real quick. All right, so who's, who's on the jury? Sarah. Uh, I think I probably would have got Sarah. For you would have gotten Sarah's vote over Wu. Yes. She loved Wu. There, I mean, you know how things happen out there that are, people don't know about. And um, you're saying there's there's things that I don't know about that yeah. why Sarah wouldn't vote for Wu. Yeah. Okay. And that you probably will never know about. Oh. Okay. Not on the air. Okay. All right. Well. So. Uh, um. And, you know, Wu had that name, Weasel Wu, right? Where did that come we, from? He, I didn't know he was Weasel Wu. They said it on the show. He was he- Sonic the Hedgehog Wu. That was his <laughs> moniker. <laughs> he but, was Ninja Stealth Mode. You're saying he was Ninja Stealth Weasel? Well, I believe on the show that he was referred to as Weasel Wu a time or two. Does the woman that is has the uh, safety deposit box that's collecting donations for Wu know he's Weasel Wu? She lives in my grandmother's hometown. I'm like, where's my grandma? Come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So you said, okay, so you got a Sarah. Morgan. Morgan probably, I think she still would have voted for me because Wu said she didn't deserve to be there. Yeah, but what, what did you say about Morgan? She didn't see that. Uh. The dog speech. And you know how little old dogs are. You love them. I didn't think that was offensive. I thought it was, you know, like she's this worthless thing that you love. But when do you cut it loose? Was, was that just a, a clever way of calling her a bitch, Cass, to call her an old dog? No, I didn't even think she okay. was a bitch. I actually referred to her as a sloth quite sloth. often. Okay, no. I think Tasha would have voted <laughs> Not, for me. Like the guy from Goonies or somebody who's lazy? Um, somebody lazy. Okay. All right. Th- then uh, LJ. LJ for sure me. I, th- I think so. I Jeffra think, probably I, for sure me. I, I think that LJ, the, the LJ Jeffra block, I feel, and I, I feel I felt like, pretty good about for I you. I think Tasha for sure me. Tasha. So probably my only up in the air would be, and I know Trish wouldn't have voted. I don't know because she was so mad at me, but I don't think she, Trish definitely, I can't imagine her voting for Wu because she's one of the people. How that, many jurors were there? Eight or nine? There were nine. Nine. Uh, who am I? Who Tony am I? would have been on the jury. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Jeremiah. Did you get Jeremiah? Uh, no, I forgot about, <laughs> forgot about Jeremiah. Yeah. Um, well, Jeremiah would have voted for whoever Spencer said to vote for, yeah. which would have been Wu. Okay. Spencer was still bitter. Woo. Trish votes for Woo. I don't I don't know who Trish votes for because she had some real You gave her woo. the finger. Yeah, but I didn't. I wasn't a weasel. And she knew <laughs> she deserved the finger. That finger is less bad than, than weasel? She talked about my family out there. She talked about my five-year-old. No, well, that's not nice. And I felt like the finger was deserved and we're both, you know, crusty old ladies and we had it out that day and. That relationship at the time I talked to Trish, she said she loathed you. Yeah. I said, why, why didn't you get along? And she said, no, I get along with everybody. I loathed Cass. She yeah. emphasized it. Yeah. 
did you guys like i said her capacity for hatred <laughs> is extreme and there's yes. a reason they let that clip on there she hated you so much she, she's the only person in the history of the show to be so mean someone quit rather than punch her out <laughs> just let's just put that in, all i did was give her the finger and clap that she was out yeah and you know so um, seems like there's more there. I feel like you're, you're, you're holding out on me, Cass. No, the only thing really, and maybe she has more hatred for me. And I think it's a jealousy thing. I think she feels like, Oh, I brought Cass in and then Cass kind of took over the show as the old lady. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what happened. And Trish really shut down at the end of the game. She physically was having a lot of problems. She had lost weight. I mean, she was shaking because she was just cold all the time. We would have to literally get around her and give her our body heat. So, and she needed someone to blame. She claims I said stuff to Spencer about college or something. I was the most educated person out there. See, as if I would good. not be a proponent of school. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, brought this up because I think that I put my finger on. We talked about that you and Sandra, how you guys have have so many things similar. Why is it that people uh, have these uh, negative feelings towards you and not just on the island, but also the people that there are people, uh, you know, in the audience also, you have your fans, but also people are, you know, it's people are very polarized on you. Well, I think on the internet, people on are the polarized internet. because they read all this crap. Yes. Right. And these stupid opinions in many cases. When you talk, talk about stupid opinions, you mean of the other players or the people that like blog about the, the show? The bloggers. The bloggers. Yeah. Okay. And But the general public, and it's funny because at the live reunion show, Jeff said, I'm going to ask you about Tony and your relationship. And he had already known that I referred to him as kind of like my, one of my brothers, just kind of... Yeah. Because we would argue and then we would go for a walk and we would be fine. Um, but uh, he said, and I anticipate you're going to be booed so I'm going to ask you then as a follow-up how it feels to be hated. Mm-hmm. And I was cheered very loudly mm-hmm. when he brought, whenever I came on screen or something or whatever. Um, so he didn't actually follow up with me. Be- and he said, well, that was surprising. Yeah. Because Jeff is like a 21-year-old guy. What is it with you and 21-year-old Gaging? guys, Cass? No, but Why are you talking about 21-year-old guys? It's this Twitter thing. Like. You- People get a line. Everybody, everybody on Twitter is twenty-one-year-old no, guy. But I mean, I think you know Jeff was gauging my popularity not by the Housewives of America who were happy and people come up to me and hug me and they're like, "I'm so glad you you mm-hmm. took Tony to task." They don't have time to listen to podcasts and read blog. I didn't even know about all this stuff till I was cast because I would watch the show religiously, but that was it. I turn off my TV. I'm not going to obsess about these people or the moves they made. Yeah. Um. So I think it's a very small set of people that sit around obsessing, but a lot, especially women, I get women all come up to me and they're like, my mother loves you. I love you. Tyler Perry backstage, the first person he came to, he walked past everyone, gave me a big old hug and he's like, Cass, we love you. So I think people, I, I don't know why people don't like me and well, on the show. Can I give you my, my theory? Okay. Okay. And I don't know if this is offensive or not. Probably. I'm hoping I'm hoping not, but it probably it probably will be. I think that the the difference between you and Sandra and why people have strong feelings, I feel like it's not it's not a a, a women thing because obviously you guys are both are both women. I wonder if it's an education thing where you're somebody who comes off as very intelligent. Uh, you have you have glasses. 
You're on the Brains Tribe. Sandra is somebody who, while has a lot of street smarts, is not somebody who comes off as being, you know, classically educated. And I wonder if people can forgive sort of uh, a volatile or caustic personality in somebody who doesn't have the, you know, educational background that somebody like yourself might have. And I wonder if, if there's like, okay, well, if somebody can be, you know, um, hostile and smart, if we are more, we don't like that as much as somebody who might not have the, you know, education and then is also uh, sassy. So I can't get loud too? Uh, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I, but I, if you look at my background, military, state yeah. college, night school, uh, you know, left home at 15, not, not exactly a privileged person Mm -hmm. educated. Yes. But by my own means, uh, so I've had to put up with stuff, you know, um, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you, that you didn't, but I'm saying from somebody who feels this way, for instance, like for Trish, who's somebody who is more, a a blue collar background, right? Okay, uh, and especially you know, and, Bo- and Boston is traditionally you know a blue collar town. Uh, so, do you feel like that could that have anything to do with where it's like you know, Cass thinks she's so smart? This is why I hate her. Oh, certainly, yes. I mean, definitely. I I can see with Trish that, and that's what I think goes to jealousy too. I mean, Trish and I didn't have a ton in common. And Trish, you know, you're the two older ladies out there. So you're already in a weird demographic on Survivor. And uh, she definitely bonded with the girls better because she has daughter, a daughter who's like 21. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for her. I have a daughter who's six. You know, I don't associate with 21. You know, I, any 20-somethings. The, it would be weird for me to be hanging out, twerking. <laughs> that would be, that'd be weird. It would be weird if I was just twerking. So, I mean, it's... Uh, it's weird. Uh, I don't know what the thing was with Trish. I didn't have anything personal against her until she got into it about my family that day, and she just went way below the belt. Mm-hmm. I felt she was very vulgar, which I found somewhat entertaining because it was shocking to a lot of the people out there when she would mention certain things. Um, and I didn't harbor any personal feelings of hatred toward her or anyone after the game, but I feel like I left my game out there. Yeah. I feel like I played... I did everything I could except win that last challenge. That's the only thing I regret. And, you know, sometimes it's not your half second to have. It's someone else's, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like the people who are most bitter are the people who discounted me the most. And I have not given them an apology for my gameplay. Um, at Ponderosa, Trish and Sarah really railed into me for several hours after several rum drinks um, that, that, that you had or that they had that they had. Yeah. And I let them, I felt like, well, let's just let this all get out. Mm-hmm. And then when we go to the, you know, we're going home the next day, let it out and be done, get it off your shoulders. And Trish was constantly demanding an apology for me at Ponderosa for my gameplay. And I said, I apologize for making those remarks about your looks, but I'm not going to apologize about my game. Yeah, what did she want you to apologize for? She just thought I was a scoundrel and a liar. And even at the reunion show, she heard me talking about my family 
And she said, you're such a liar, Cass. You didn't tell me you had more two brothers. And I said, Trish, when did you ask me about my brothers? Mm-hmm. What does this have to do? But she insisted on, you don't live off the grid. You're not an animal handler. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. She's constantly trying to prove me a liar. And I, hel- I think it helps her justify uh, her adoration of Tony, who lied absolutely to everyone. Yet she's trying to, f- I mean, she's asking me about my brothers. Right. It's just a weird, and this many months later to bring it up. So I don't know what it is. There's a huge chip on her shoulder. Uh, I went right up to her and gave her a hug and said, no hard feelings. Mm -hmm. But then she asked me about my lies. I was like, I wasn't lying. These are truths. And, um, you know, she still won't accept it. She needs some kind of apology from me. But I'm not going to apologize for my gameplay because I... No, nor should you have to. You shouldn't have to apologize yeah. for something you do in, in the game of Survivor. And I, I can't speak to why Trish uh, might still be upset with you. But I, th- I do think that part of it is, you know, we need somebody to blame for when, when things uh, don't go our way, especially in, in, uh, in this game. And sometimes it's easier to point the finger at somebody else than to say, you know what? I should have had my eyes open more about what was going on with, uh, you know, with, with Tony or, or whatever. And, and for seem seems like you uh, are that person. Yeah. And that's fine with me. I mean, the reality is most of the people who are so uh, angry with me and unforgiving are not going to play the game again. And we're probably not going to be hanging out having beers anytime soon. And you're talking specifically uh, Trish and Sarah. Yeah. I mean, Sarah, is there anybody else? Uh, well, I think, Tasha might go back and she hasn't spoken to me since it began airing, which is odd because we were pretty good friends after the game and talked regularly. Yeah. That seems like that's, uh, Tasha does seem upset with you. I think she's upset with herself. Are you upset with Tasha? No. You have no hard feelings towards Tasha. I have no hard feelings toward anyone. Yeah. I think it's comical that people get so crazy about all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To me, it's a, it's a game show. To me, it's not a reality show. It's a contest. And, I'm not an athlete, but I imagine like if you obsessed over a soccer game for eight months over, you know, it would be obscure and strange or like someone who lost Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune. Mm -hmm. We're we're contestants on a game show. Yeah. So to me, it's all funny. I'm glad I was on a great season. I think it was a great season. It was a great season and you definitely helped contribute to that. Yeah, I think absent Tony and I out there, it would have been another pagonging type boring season yeah and i hope the players out there are willing to make moves do you have to make big moves to win survivor no and if i went back i would probably be as boring as denise and then just like pop up at the end and now be why like, do you have oh. to criticize denise she was kind of boring she spent a lot of time criticizing me during denise did it denise did criticize you and um you know i i wanted to pull the um the blog post she had written but i had uh just ran out of time uh, Cass was too punctual getting to my house. So uh, after the finale, and I don't want to misquote uh, Denise, but uh, she wrote a blog post talking about the thing about how you said you played like uh, a man and people didn't didn't like that. And uh, Denise kind of said that she didn't buy that, what you were selling about playing like a man uh, versus a woman. And t- to be honest, I, that, uh, I don't necessarily agree with it too, but... Let me hear you um, talk about that a little bit, and then we'll jump into some questions from the listeners. Well, first of all, she took the quote out of context. Okay. Okay. If she had listened 
I said, it's unfortunate that I have to make that comparison and we can't all play together. Mm-hmm. So her, her whole thing was, why is Cass saying girls have to play like men? No, I'm saying it's unfortunate that that's the analogy I have to make because people do not allow for that. And I think it's false if you're teaching your daughter that that stereotype is not present and alive. So I'm not saying I played like a man. I said, yeah, I, I wish I didn't have to say that. I wish more women would, would play with their gut and take risks and not be carried to the end. You know, mm-hmm. so I think she should have listened to a couple more interviews before having some knee jerk crazy blog. But uh, additionally, I don't think it's the place of prior contestants to criticize. I think they should be more forgiving mm-hmm. of the sound bites that make up our lives during the show. Now, I feel like you're not alone in the Kageyan cast. Well, Jatia, yeah. uh, I feel like there's been a, cu- a couple other people. Tony has taken exception to things that the former players uh, said during the season. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a couple other examples of the uh, Kageyan players bristling a little bit at the... Were the former survivors too hard on you guys this season? I just think that former survivors, before they speak or post blogs or, or do anything that's not fun and just silly like off the cuff, if you're going to put thought into writing something down and publishing it, just try to think back to your depiction and your season and what was left out. You know, everyone has a piece of their story that's missing mm-hmm. because we're limited to like 15 hours for 39 days of your life. So... um I just think, especially from people who consider themselves to be professional readers of people and there to care for the psyches of others, it's very insensitive to have a knee-jerk publication condemning people uh, for a game or a soundbite that you know, you've got to know, having been through this, was edited or clipped or something is left out. So I think... Maybe I'm being hard on Denise, but it's because she's a professional and I thought very highly of her prior to this season and seeing what she wrote about Jatia, about Jatia being like the cause of the world's problems because she threw rice. Um, You know, I mean, that was a little overboard. And then the thing about me and I knew that it had been taken out of context and run with. And I just don't like to see that from someone who claims to be so introspective and thoughtful. So that's my bone to pick there. Um, so if you play Survivor again with Denise, is she the first out? No. Okay. No. You're not going to hold that against her? No, I don't hold things against people like that. I mean, it's. I just think people should use a little better filter, especially when they have the experience under their belt. And I, and I, yeah, people were harsh to me. I don't care. You know, it's a game. You put yourself out there. Um People are going to have their opinions. But I do think former players should look at the bigger picture that we've all been depicted, maybe not as perfectly as we were hoping. And we all have some piece of our story that we felt was crucial that was left on a cutting room floor somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I don't intend to be one of those people who watches Survivor and tells people just based on a, you know, 30 second confessional that they have, they're a piece of crap role model or something. Does this mean you're not going to do a podcast with me this season? Um, I don't know if I'm capable of that because like, uh, I'd feel bad bashing people. Well, you get over it. You do? Yeah. Does it become enjoyable? 
<laughs> I again, I, I don't, th- I don't think that I come on to bash uh, to bash people. You know, I talk about obviously, I only have the TV show to talk about. I think a lot of times we talk about like, well, what what did happen there? Because it seems like there's there is a piece of the story that is missing. I mean, do we do that all the time? No, but you know, when things don't make sense, we do try to you know dig a little deeper and say, well, what did this person mean by that? What were they? Do you think that they were trying to do this? And I I feel like at least here and in this community, I feel like most of the time we do try to do that Yeah, when we're at our best. Yeah. I mean, and there are people that are known for bashing and they continue to stay in that bashing level. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's okay to make fun of strategic, you know, the strategy and stuff. Like I was laughing at the beginning with things that everyone thought, you know, getting rid of Garrett was so stupid Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously it worked out for my game. Yeah. Um, but my, I, yeah, I mean, I've tried to be introspective looking back on my game and see why everybody hated me so much. And I didn't even talk a lot around camp. And maybe that's part of it is that no one really felt they got to know me. Um, but I felt like I, my best play was to remain quiet around camp with people. And, you know, everyone, everyone's so lethargic at the end. So, yeah. All right. Well, you know, people a lot of times have low energy all the time, not just in the game of Survivor Cast. And so uh, there are healthier ways that people could be snacking. And so I want to tell you about them uh, as we thank our sponsor for this uh, exciting Chaos Cast. And those are our friends over at NatureBox. Now, you said uh, you're off the grid, so you must eat a lot of natural snacks. I do eat a lot of natural snacks. We eat a lot of nuts and berries. And you stay away from vending machines? I can't remember the last time I used a well, vending that's, machine. Well, that's good. And that's how you get on Survivor. Yeah. We actually grow our own food, much like the Nature Box people probably do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's easy to just talk about eating right. And it's another thing to do it. But when you're starving at 3 p.m., Cass, and you get all cranky and lightheaded, and I'm sure you can relate to that, uh, the evil vending machine can seem like your only friend. But it's not, Cass. Even if you think you have no friends, the vending machine is not your friend. Uh, Don't give in. Keep your eye on looking and feeling great at pool parties and head over to naturebox.com. Are you going to any pool parties this summer? Uh, Are you going to wear your Team TV uh, t-shirt and jump in the pool? Wow. With my nature box? <laughs> yes. After snacking on some collectibles? Yes, and everybody could see uh, that you have a nature box. I think I'll lounge around in my TV Team TV shirt eating nature boxes. Looking great. And uh, Nature Box does just that. They send great tasting snacks right to your door, and they're great for you, too. We're talking about healthy and great tasting snacks like PB&J granola, Pistachio Power Clusters, Baked Sweet Potato Fries, Sweet Pacific Plantain Chips with all the fixins and over a 100 more. Wow. I had Sweet Potato Fries last night with yeah, dinner. They're great. Better than all that stuff you had at the auction, right? That was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Uh, all with zero trans fat, zero high fructose corn syrup, and nothing artificial. You'll even find snacks that are gluten conscious and non-GMO. I know you hate the GMO, right? And the gluten. And They're the, like worse than Tony to me. Worse than Trish? Ooh. 
and with free shipping anywhere in the U.S., NatureBox is busting up the vending machine's monopoly on your midday hunger. So you could try a NatureBox right now. Get 50% off your first box by going to naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. That's naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. Swimsuit weather is here. Time to snack smarter. Stay full, stay strong. Go to naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. All right. You know, uh, we were talking about some of the uh, former players uh, that were uh, harsh on the other players and uh, the idea of not holding anything against people in an all-star season. Did you happen to hear anything about my uh, interview recently with uh, Russell Hance? I did. Uh, well, I heard he was he might have been uh, partaking of the alcohol, <laughs> but I need to watch that because it sounds no, like it was uh, audio only. We, he was on the phone. Oh, OK. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, everyone needs to have a drunk phone call from Russell. In fact, he should like auction them off, like for, for his, for his holding hands <laughs> yes. productions. Yes. Drunk dials from hands brothers. <laughs> so we talked about you and I had brought up the fact about how, uh, you guys had had gotten to a little bit of a beef on Twitter. One tweet from me. Yes. A little bit. And basically, Russell had tweeted that you, you're you so bad at Survivor, even he could beat you. Yes. And and you responded what to him? I said, only in a stupid ass, wait, a stupid hat, smelly ass contest <laughs> or something to that effect. Because I had read somewhere that he had a smelly ass and then I knew he wore stupid hats. Yes. And so, um, of the many people that Russell told me were going to be first off in an all-star season, uh, including Sandra, including Tony, and also uh, yourself, uh, that he says, Russell did say he knows your game, and you're one of the people that's on his list. Well, I think Hans, I think I also stated somewhere that he needs to, like, go back to life. (laughs) Okay, he's had his run on Survivor. I, I don't know what channel this Holding Hands thing is on. It's, it's in development, I believe. I attempted to watch the first uh, seven minutes. Yeah. No, that's all there is. That's a sizzle reel. Okay. Yeah. It, it was not sizzling. <laughs> um, I don't even think he had his hat on. Yeah. Uh, they need to... He needs to wear the hat? What he needs to do is kind of animate it, a la Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Like have some... Like have cartoons in it, or it should be the Hans family, the animated series? No, have cartoons in it, because they are like Tony caricatures of themselves. Like they're, they're enough of a character in real life that they don't need to be animated. But if they had little funny things going in the background, that would be pretty cool. Would you rather watch holding hands or the original pilot for the, uh, sitcom that has been written and is in my inbox of the Vlachos? You're kidding me, right? I'm not, I'm not kidding you that we have, uh, one of, one of our listeners has, we, I was talking about this with Cochran that came out of Cochran writes for the Millers. Of course, right. we talked about, we sort of like, uh, specked out what an episode of the Vlachos would be about. And, uh, I have somebody has written it and, uh, we're sort we're doing notes on it right now. It needs a, it needs a oh. little bit, it needs a little bit of polish. Well, why don't you be Tony yes. and I'll be Marissa and we'll fight over baby. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and just like, that would be an episode. I believe in the in in the script, and we're, we're working on this. That uh, you're the you're the neighbor. Oh, that can has, I be their nanny? You no, know, you're well, you're the na- you're the neighbor, and you have animals that are always going to the bathroom on uh, Tony's lawn. Oh, I, well, guard. You live next door to Tony. Wow. Yes. Well, 
Did he move to the high deserts of California? We got to figure because that would be an even better sitcom. Is Tony, <laughs> yeah, living off the grid? <laughs> but just have him like wife swap. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You could just do like a wife swap. That should just be a, an episode of wife swap. Yeah. Yeah. I met a producer from Wife Swap the other day at a swimming pool. Yes, and how'd that go? In Sacramento. He recognized me from Survivor. Yes, and did they? Pay, did it, was he trying to recruit you for a Wife Swap? No, he wanted me to get a picture with his kids. Oh, okay. Um, all right, so I've got a ton of questions here from the listeners of Rob Has a Podcast. Obviously, some of this stuff we covered, but uh, a lot of it we didn't. So uh, let's take this question from uh, Tyler Movesian. By the way, you doing okay on time? Yes. Okay. Uh, Tyler wants to know, how shocked were you when Wu did not take you to the end? Uh, not shocked. Not shocked. Wu would always give me his little Wu wink before tribal if he was voting like I was. And in any in the LJ and Jeffra votes, he never could look me in the eye. And that day, he couldn't look me in the eye. And then he wanted to literally get right to the vote because he couldn't have his head spinning with questions. So I knew, and as you could tell, I wasn't shocked. Uyanga B wants to know, is it true you almost voted for Wu when Spencer gave his jury speech? It did cross my <laughs> mind. It was Why? Because you want to spite Spencer? Yeah. And that's the only reason I didn't, but it was so condescending and so over the top for so Spencer to So you had to, to punish Tony? Well, I love to punish Tony, <laughs> and it could slap Spencer. It would be like a double whammy. But... um. Uh, as a fan of the game, I still had to respect the game that Tony played. But Spencer was that speech was vomit inducing for me. In fact, they probably couldn't show me because I was making obscene hand gestures during it. You were giving Spencer like, the finger. Oh no! You know, like oh, no. that. That you know. Please stop. Please stop jerking this guy's chain. <laughs> All right. This is from Shermaine uh, Go. I think this is a really good question. Cass, what would your jury speech have been like? Would love to hear it. Okay. Have you have you thought about this? You had to I, think of it. You made it to day 38 on Survivor. You have to th- think about it a little bit. Although I feel like I didn't think about it that much. I didn't really think about it. I literally I played day to day and I would have brought up that the reason people were mad at me. Okay. Well, let's let's do this. Okay. So now Why uh, don't and, you be the jury members? Good. Good. I, I won't be everybody, but we'll do it. We'll okay. do a couple. Okay. So now um is this in this scenario did you, did Wu take you to the final tribal council or did you win the challenge and you took By the way, who would you have taken? I probably would have taken Wu. You probably would have taken Wu. Yeah. Okay. So is this you versus Wu in the final? So either Wu took you or you won the thing and, and you... Right. Okay. Well, if I won the thing, I have more credibility because I've won two immunity challenges. Okay. Fine. How do you And I have so just won- slain the dragon that is Tony. Okay. So, so that's a great, easy speech, really. Okay. So, all right. So here we go. So it's Final Tribal Council and, I, and I'm Tony. Okay. And I say, look, Cass, you did nothing. I brought you here. You, we took you in. You made no alliances. You had a terrible social game. Wu was a solid guy. He was in my alliance the whole time. You did nothing. Don't talk llama to me. I want to know why I should get, you should get my vote right now. Because you're sitting there, dumbass. <laughs> That's what you would have said? I would have said you wouldn't have made it as far as you did had I not flipped. And that I was loyal to you until I knew you could beat me. So I had to take Wu. Cass, you got to stroke these guys a little bit. I'm not. You, I can't. I mean, it's Tony. How do you expect to win? How do you expect to win in the final two? Well, I'm going to tell him he would have beaten me. You know, I mean, hey, you would have beaten me. Tony, I had to take you out. Just like 
you would hopefully have taken me on. And then Wu is going to be saying, yeah, Tony, you were such a mentor to me in this game. And you were so, you were such a good influence on me. And, 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 and he's going to, Tony's going to go write Wu's name down. I don't think Tony would write Wu's name down. <laughs> you already you already said in the, when we broke this down. No, Tony's voting for me. Tony's voting for Everybody's you. Everybody's voting for me, Rob. Cass, yeah, this is going to be talk about revisionist history. Now you're I winning. Know. You're winning nine to nothing. But it's so you know what it is. It's so hard to go back after you've read and heard so much about your game and the game. Yeah. and everyone's revisionism that it's impossible. Here's the thing. I don't think anybody because it sounds it doesn't sound smart to say now I would have voted for Wu. But in the moment, I think a lot of these guys are voting for Wu. I think you got you got Jeffra and you got and you got LJ. And I think after you know you know six months, eight months, however long it's been since you guys uh, played this game, a year. Um, I, in the light of day, people are like yeah, Prakash did a better job than Wu. But I don't know. A day after these things are happening, well, Spencer wasn't going to vote for me, and he's told me that that even though he thinks I played a good game, or now he doesn't. I can't keep it straight because we talk a lot and. Sometimes he thinks I played great, and other days he thinks I played terribly. Yeah. Uh, you guys I, have a, a very on-again, off-again friendship. Yeah. So you're the, we're you're, probably off after today. You're the Ross and Rachel of uh, Survivor. It's, uh, it's a weird one. Yeah. What, you feel like you've been, you've been hard on Spencer today? No. No, I've been, I don't think I've been hard on Spencer at any point. Well, some, you know, so, sometimes I, I think... Uh, you know, you've called him in the past selfish, yes. right? Uh, and I think you have you have taunted him a bit in the past. Brain dead weasel. <laughs> After I handily beat him in a puzzle that he had a 20-minute lead on. But do you feel like... Which as, will be in my barn for him to practice on. Do you feel like as a person who is a, you know, a, a real grown-up, as opposed to somebody who, you know, is, is 21, do you feel like at any point, like, do you feel like, you know, I, I should take the high ground here because, you know, he's, you know, he's, tw- he's 21. Yeah. You know, does he, does he, you know, have the life experience that I, that I have? I think in hindsight, there's times I could have done that, but when yeah. you're in the game, you don't think these are people without life experience. You think these are people trying to take my million. Yeah. And I, if you're out here, I don't care how old you are. Um, I can certainly make predictions on how you're going to behave based on your age, like I did with Spencer, that he would not use the idol on anyone else. Um, but if you're out there playing Survivor, you don't get any sympathy from me if you're 21 or if you're 71. Okay. You, you know, you're a competitor. Kelly Cat wants to say Cass has embraced her villain status do you feel like you were vilified by the edit or was the edit fair to the actual happenings okay so first off do you embrace that you are a villain I don't think I was particularly villainous really I mean I think I just played to save myself how about this if there was another survivor heroes versus villains which tribe would you be on the villains. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, it, you know, survivor villain is not, you weren't right. Omarosa or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, if you were, you know, um, as, as far as in survivor terms, if you're more negative or positive, probably more on the villain side. Do you feel like, was the edit fair to what happened? I think so. I mean, I don't think anyone can complain about their edit because it's all there. The footage is there. And if they want to make it away, I do think they didn't show me, um, being vulnerable very much, which I was a few times out there, uh, 
I did have a breakdown out there one day and when? cry. On that challenge, we lost with the paddles that you had to flip and spell out. And I yes. was with uh, yes. And I actually got the words first, but we didn't have three of our paddles were turned the wrong way. That was Wu's job, black yes. side up. And I thought it was worth fighting for. Yes. And it was worth playing for. Of course. I um, on the mat there, I started crying, and Jeff was like, "What's going on?" And I said, "Hey." This is my fault. This is the first thing that comes to mind is that I want to fight instead of play. And like subconsciously, this is like my lesson here to like let it go and not be so adversarial. And I did cry. And then when they got the letters frozen. Yes. Yeah. I am Elsa, the ice queen. (laughs) (laughs) And I cried that afternoon. Tony and I both cried for not getting our letters from home. Was Jeff just eating that up with a spoon? That feels like that's that's right in his wheelhouse of. You think that I was sure because it was one of those ugly cries, like the heaving, you know, like when you just and I hadn't eaten, I hadn't won a challenge. I was the last person who just sucked the biggest out there, and it just all hit me that day. Oh, and that's when Trish started to dislike me because she said to me, "The puzzle." Well, like she did anything. No, she said, "Why are you always saying you're the only one who hasn't eaten and and didn't win anything?" And I'm like, "Because." I am, and I only said it on the mat in the midst of a nervous breakdown. Uh, but she always held that against me that that I was uh, would say that too. So maybe that's part of Trisha's problem. I don't know. Okay, well, but anyway, I did cry. All right, and you felt better after. Um. Yeah. I mean, I pulled it. T- I had an afternoon where I just was by myself, and then uh, they were like, "Are you okay?" I said, "Yeah, I just needed that. I'm good to go. Let's finish this game." Okay. So it happens. Yeah, it's a long haul out there. And if you go back and you have to leave your family, it's hard. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of, there's a tremendous amount of guilt. Yeah. So I think that's a rough one. Why do you think they didn't put that in the show? I don't think they wanted to show me as vulnerable in any way. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was their decision to make. I guess they, they probably don't get that many female characters of my age group who are just cutthroat and straightforward Mm -hmm. with everything. And I think it was a unique character for them to develop from what I gave them. Yeah. And so I think they ran with it. I mean, I certainly joked around a lot out there and and had fun, but that wasn't going to be Sean. Who was your best friend that you played with? I think Tasha was, you know, until that. And then at the end we had kind of made up a bit. Um, But yeah, I didn't really feel like I had friends out there. And part of that was me because I treated everyone as an adversary. Who are you closest with now? I'm probably closest with Jatia. Whoa. I I would not have guessed that. Um, you know, she called me, I don't know. I didn't call anyone afterward. Yeah. Because everyone was pretty rude to me. Uh, but for Tasha, like on the plane ride home and stuff. And I said, whatever, you know, and, um, Jatia and I began speaking when the cast list came out, I think. Yeah. And just kind of reconcile. We joke about it. We're just like, whatever. You know, it's it's a game. We got to be part of it. And it's life. Uh, Spencer and I talk a lot. I don't know if we're friends. I I don't know what goes on there. You know what really threw me was in the preseason with um – you on social media. Actually, you know, let me read this next question and then we'll, and then we'll get into okay. this. Uh, Mike Bloom wants to know, how did you feel in response to the initial predictions about you before the season aired, specifically Corinne's comments? Okay. So uh, now there was, we did two preview uh, shows. 
Um, I think in both times I said I thought you were going to be the first person to get kicked off. Corinne had, saw things me. differently. She said uh, you were going to win the entire show, but you were going to be incredibly boring. As a and, yes, and she would, and she wanted to call you casserole because she would rather talk to a casserole than talk to you because you were so boring. And I said, no, I don't think Cass is going to be boring, but I don't think she's going to go far into the game. I thought you were going to be like a Kathy Vavrick O'Brien, and I thought that you were going to be have a big personality. But I figured that you know um, they were, especially with this whole pick out the weakest person in your group. That I thought that they were going to have you pegged for that, and I thought you were going to be pre-merged, and then. On top of that, you exhibited a lot of what I like to call in the Survivor podcasting business uh, pre-merge social media behavior. I recall where you were tweeting pictures of you with Jeff Probst and you were doing a lot of things on Twitter that historically have been the kind of things that somebody who's not going to be on the show for very long tends to do because it's like, hey, I'm going to be off the show in two weeks. I got to get my money's worth here on social media. Plus, at the same time, you were feuding with Tony seemingly about something. And I said, okay, well, this guy, he's probably out early too. I had pe- Tony pegged. My predictions for the season were not very good, okay? Uh, so I had Tony pegged as pre-merge also because I said, look at this guy. Everybody's going to see through this guy. He's going to be out early. And I thought Sarah was going to go far. Uh, and, but Tony, I said, he's pre-merge. I said, oh, these two are probably fighting on the pre-merge trip and that's why this is spilling over to Twitter. No way I'm thinking, oh, this is the winner and third place fighting on Twitter before the season started. And so it was sort of like a reverse spoiler where it tricked me into thinking that you both were going to do badly because you guys were exhibiting some really um, not people who go far into the game behavior. Nothing that I had ever seen before like that. Well, I found it entertaining. I mean, even to Corinne, I sent her a picture of me in a casserole yes. so she could talk to me. Yes, um, which I thought, again, okay, this, this woman is definitely the first person out. And it just turns out I'm a survivor geek and enjoyed putting my pictures of me with Jeff Probst. I had him in my office and uh, people would love to come by and take pictures with the buffs. I was embracing the experience, not because it was going to be short-lived. And the Tony Twitter drama, as you and your associates have learned, Tony is very much a knee-jerk <laughs> responder to everything. Um, and that, you know, if you read those exchanges, they were somewhat hilarious to me because Tony would take something and spin it mm-hmm. and then just do personal attacks and just look more stupid. And it became fun for me to just mess. With. It was like I could mess with him like I did on the island because Tony's that guy that, you can set off so easily and he just makes a complete idiot of himself and it's fun to watch. Yeah. So with all of this stuff happening on social media, Jeff Probst recently did a ask me anything on Reddit and uh, he was asked about this a couple times and two different times he basically said, I hate that the survivors are on social media. I wish they wouldn't do it. I'm going to repeat myself here. So the VP of publicity at CBS sees this um, I think one day we're going to get burned by this. And there were some some people in the Survivor fan community said, okay, well, obviously, um, I feel like, okay, uh, it's obvious that Tasha doesn't like Cass anymore, so Cass probably isn't going to switch back to her. So a lot of people read between the lines. Of something. Nobody was posting spoilers like, oh, this person, yay, watch, watch tonight when I go home or anything like that. But there were some things that in the subtext, you could tell a little bit what was going to happen. 
how do you feel about this? Do you feel like that Jeff makes a, a good point or do you feel like uh, that he, that he's off base? Well, I think it go either way. I think it built up a little excitement in that Twitter community to watch people like having problems or, you know, arguing like Tony and I were. Of course, we both knew no one was getting a real spoiler out of it because everyone was thinking we were both just such idiots that there's no way and we must have gone to Thailand together. And the Tasha thing was a legitimate spoiler because she had been, Jatia and she and I were tweeting together as the Rice Girls. Yeah. And then she started favoriting the death threats and writing negative things about me. And I cut off all communication with Tasha when she started doing that and didn't respond to her stuff. Um, she retweeted death threats? Uh, she was favoriting them. Favoriting them. Yeah. Well, well, give me an example of a Twitter death threat. Uh, kill that bitch. You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, just things like everyone, there's a lot of negativity on Twitter, so you don't have to encourage it. Mm-hmm. And then she denied that she did that, but that was the only... Did Tasha have a sleepover at her house during any of the Survivor Wednesdays? I believe she was hanging out with Tony. (laughs) (laughs) It happens. That's the thing. The sleepover. (laughs) Didn't Tony admit that there was no sleepover? (laughs) That no one else was capable of the all caps... poor vocabulary i don't know i think he's cover i think he's covering it up now i think that uh the, the cover-up has gotten worse than the crime i think that i think that there was a sleepover and now he's lying that there was no sleepover to uh throw people off the scent well it's funny because tony doesn't drink or anything like you would you could just say oh i got drunk and i got mad but he makes up this elaborate 40 something year old cop sleepover <laughs> Hey, it happens. Cops are us. Cops. That can be an episode. Actually, that should be a regular yeah, thing no, on the the Vlachos. We have to work show. that into the sh- into the uh, the show that he there's should, a sleepover that night. Also, you should have Thursday night sleepovers. Yeah, with the mafia. If we if we uh, did like a like a radio play of the Vlachos, would you would you do the voice of your character? Oh, most certainly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Can, am I the neighbor or? Yeah. You don't want me in charge of the kids. Yeah, we we're working on the uh, the the, a, the second draft of the okay. uh, the script. We're, we're, again, it's a, very much in, de- in development right now. I can get some animal sounds recorded. Too. <laughs> okay, good. Good real animal sounds, or Tony yeah. does them. Maybe I'll just make them. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's one episode where I just repeatedly put up, like play animal sounds at night when his baby's sleeping. Oh, that could, <laughs> that could be good. Um, all right, so let's see the next question from Terry English. How often do you feel the urge to punch someone in the throat? Does that happen often? Um, Who did you say you were going to punch in the throat? Uh, in the face, Sarah. Okay. Because I was just getting tired of all that. Obviously, I'm not going to punch Sarah in the face. Yeah, she's I would a not recommend MMA that. Yeah, person and <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that would be worse than uh, favoriting a death threat. Yeah, she and I have made up, and she knows I have no plans to punch her. When is Sarah's baby due? I believe in July or August. What was she, 28 weeks at the finale? So, maybe August. Is there any chance the baby will be named Cass? A lot of people don't like to name their children word, like names with ass in them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know when you're going through baby names, you're like, no, because that will sound like this on the playground. So, okay. Um, this is from Dave Backer. Uh, what's the one thing people should know about you? Uh, I think you've seen enough. I mean, 
I, I don't know what people should know about me. Okay. Uh, this is from Rachel Lehman. Cass, what didn't make the show that you wish we could have seen? Is there anything that you wish we could have seen that you did? Well, I think... Besides your breakdown. I think the uh, the throwing of Jatia's clothes after the rice incident, which everyone's heard about. What, you threw Jatia's clothes? Yeah, I went. I was very upset with the rice spilling. Yeah, so what did you do to her clothes? Well, I was going to burn her shirt, her I Heart Nerd shirt, and oh, I was stopped Cass. from burning. Yes. You're not allowed to burn stuff to destroy it, but you are allowed Wait, to, how come Russell's allowed to do it? And Sandra was that, allowed to do it. Maybe something was sparked from that. And then the other guy, Dan, whose shoes got sunk. Yes. Uh, so I was told you cannot destroy the property of another player, but you can... Oh, I didn't uh, even know these rules were different. ...do things. So I took her shoes and I tossed them, and I have a good arm, as you saw in the challenge very far into the bushes and then I stomped on her clothes in the mud and I on St. Patrick's Day she was wearing her I Heart Nerd shirt and there's a big muddy footprint still there. Yes. And I told her that that was from the leprechaun out in Kagiyan. <laughs> That's uh, you? You're the leprechaun? Yeah, because I, I it- did and I, I was so mad. I had her. I said, you're banished. If we were a real tribe, we would eat you for dinner. I, I said, you can go live in Coconut Grove. And we almost know. came to blows over these bananas that were ripening, and she went over and started eating them. And no was, banana etiquette? She was going to eat them because she was going home. Bad banana etiquette, Jatia. And it is true that Garrett did see that and thought, wow, Cass is a nut. But that's another reason I don't play emotionally. I mean, if I were playing emotionally, I would have gotten rid of Jatia, who I had just thrown clothes around and fought over bananas with. Okay. Doris uh, Gutenkunst wants to know, how did Cass get on the show? Applied or scouted? And if applied, how many times uh, did she go through the process and any funny stories? So I'm going to guess that you were an applicant. Yeah, nobody's recruiting out in town. <laughs> haven't seen it. I don't think they even know where it is. Uh, I actually applied in the early days, like season two, three, four, five. And they did call me at one time. But it was for another show they were doing called The Apprentice. I've heard of it. And they were going to cast me. They said, you know, we want you to come down and do a, a different video. For, it was for The First Apprentice. And I went down to L.A. Uh, for a day and blew that interview. But they, I remember they told me that, because I said, I just want to be on Survivor. I don't want to be on this uh, Donald Trump thing. And they said, you will never be on Survivor. You, you would be terrible at Survivor. Um, basically shut down my Survivor dreams. Yes. But I did apply. That was the first time I've applied. Um, and it was right around my 40th birthday. And I just sat there. I just was out with my girlfriends and we were talking Survivor. And I was like, I'm going to go home and apply because now I'm like the old lady mom. And maybe they'll cast me. Mm-hmm. And I just did the little three-minute thing and sat with a glass of wine and was like... What did you do? You just sat with the wine and said... Um, yeah, it's like it's terrible quality. It's like yeah. from here up, I put a camera on some books and just said, hey, my name's Cass and I'm your old lady mom, but I'm not going to be like the other moms. You know, I'm not going to be all nice and feeling. And I talked about how my heart was about this big and, you know, yeah. and I said I would treat them like my kids and then stab them in the back and I made some gestures and talked about how I like crushing dreams and don't have a problem. Yeah. That's that, but that's good because you sort of, you know, you knew what you were, and, and you sort of, you know, um, were, were able to to talk about that. And a lot of people, they you know, they make these these tapes, and they're just like talking about like uh, like I want to go on the show because I watch it every week. And but you were that was good that you talked about you know who you are and you know what they're going to get from you. Right, and I think. Uh, if you do apply, you don't. Just three minutes is not much time. 
Yeah. So just don't play that survivor song and don't jump out of trees and run around like you're being a survivor. And you got to bring something to the table. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're like an average looking, not a traditional cast casting type. Mm-hmm. And I remember Lynn told me after finals, you know, I don't know that I don't think you're going to get cast because you're not what corporate's looking for. And even Jeff has said they took a risk with casting me because um, he didn't know if I would behave in the manner that I said I would. But I've been told I delivered. So Okay. And that risk paid dividends in that it was a very exciting season, which you caused a lot of the excitement. Do you feel like that in the future we will see more? Of course, there's only one cast, but do you feel like that we will see more cast types get through because of what you did this season? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it encourages people to start making moves. I think you have to have new players to have moves like that Mm -hmm. because the returnees, everyone wants to just not get in trouble. I think. Who do you think we're going to be more likely to see in Survivor 29? Another uh, person who's like a Cass or somebody who is more of like a Sherry or a Lisa Welchel or something. And that's probably, they're probably not exactly the same, but uh, I guess uh, I would say Lisa or a Dawn would probably be the same. And then, um, you know, Sherry was probably more like a Trish. Do you think that we're going to see more of a, of a traditional mom or do you think we'll see more people in your, in your demo that are more of a, you know, with a professional background that are probably a little more cutthroat? I don't know that most professional women would behave how I do Mm -hmm. because I think they're more traditionally trained and, not from such a street smarts background. I think it's a rare thing they're going to find um, someone who, you know, has that that ability to just be snarky and, and say crap and not really care what the public thinks. And I think that's what they got with me, and they know it. That I think some people go out there and they don't act as they would because they're starving or whatever, or maybe they don't know who they are, or maybe they're afraid what people will think. I, I don't know. I mean, in my experience, no one from Survivor's really gotten too famous, so it's not really an avenue to that. So you should go and try to win. And I didn't think I would be this chaos cast character. Certainly, it's crazy. You didn't know about the hashtags? I I kind of knew what a hashtag was, but I that was not my goal. You didn't think you would be a hashtag? No, no. Yeah. I, I did not believe that would happen. I think it's hilarious. If you played again, would that kind of stuff be in your mind? You know, I think if I play it again, it would depend who I was playing with. And um, I would hope to not have to play so hard the whole game. Mm -hmm. And I would hope not to have to play by myself, which is what I ended up doing pretty much, was really being a gunslinger and out there just on my own um, because I never had those allies. So I would hope to have what Tony had, which was idols and allies, you know. Mm -hmm. And I do still believe you need to have three people. You know, you need to have five and then you need to have three to make the game. Uh, go through and I think it was just the right set of circumstances for someone like me who was playing independently to get so far through but who would be the right allies for you and I I agree with what with what you're saying but I feel like it would be you know I I can't imagine who the people would be that would be the the people that you're that you're looking for because I I don't think that you necessarily want people who are going to be dominant challenge threats because I feel like you'd be worried about them as as uh, as threats. I don't sense that you're looking for, say, like, you know, a Jeffra or somebody somebody like that. So what who would be the kind of people that you'd be looking for? 
Well, actually, I like the challenge threats because everyone's a challenge threat when you're me because you suck at challenges. Yeah. So if you accept that fact, it doesn't matter if you're LJ or, you know, Trish. Uh, your likelihood of beating me in a challenge is probably the same. So, and that's when I went into the game, I said that, that, you know, all these big guys or these young people, they're all challenge threats to me because I'm probably never going to win a challenge unless it's all puzzles. Yeah. Which probably isn't going to happen. And which we, you were very good at. Very, very impressive. Your uh, victory at the final four when you fun. seemed to be completely out of it. Uh, it was like a complete disaster. And then somehow you came out of nowhere and won that challenge. Well, I came out of way behind because no one could figure that puzzle out. <laughs> yes. And uh, was that an especially hard puzzle? That was a tough puzzle. Yeah. You know, the final immunity challenge, I even looked to John and was like, you needed three more pieces in this puzzle because I got it right out of the gate the first try, the sprocket one. Okay. Um, even though it was taking them a while to get it, I felt like it wasn't challenging enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that multi-dimensional. What did John block. Kierhofer say when you uh, gave him notes on the puzzle? Uh, he said, not everyone's good at puzzles, Cass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. That's fair. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is from Tan Wang Jin wants to know. I mean, it's hindsight 2020, but what was Cass's biggest mistake in the game? So do you have anything that you look back and say, uh, you know, I wish I would have zigged when I zagged or anything like that? It's really just that final challenge because even if I didn't flip, let's say I didn't flip and I become uh, Tasha and Spencer's goat, right? And go to the end in some phantom final three. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't have won because people, I just didn't click with people. And, you know, and on the brain tribe being so fractured and going in together and only being together out of necessity is different than being with someone from the beginning and pulling in other people. I just didn't really have ever a good solid group. And I knew that. I knew I had difficulty dealing with people. I'm a total introvert in life. I just But do you feel like that you didn't click because you didn't click with these particular 17 other people or do you feel like um that if you went back again, it doesn't matter, you're probably not going to click with a new random grouping of people. Yeah, I'm pretty socially awkward. I think it's a slow burn with me like to get up to my sense of humor and where I am. And I'm perfectly happy being on my own a lot. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to be, to want to talk about cheerleading or, you know, I don't know the top 40 songs. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm in LA and I'm listening to a station and I'm not impressed. But, uh, you know, like, I think it would be difficult with me socially and I definitely would try to improve that part of my game. How do you do that? I don't know. I Cause mean, I've talked about this, um, where we talked about like people, people going back and, st- and stuff like that. And I feel like, like, let's say you were a disaster in the challenges. Like you can improve that. You know, there's a way you can, you can go to the gym, you could, you could work out and sort of run, you know, five miles a day. Right. It'd be hard. But you could you could improve that. I think the easiest thing to improve is, are these people that they come on and they were a recruit and they know nothing about strategy. And then they come in the second time and they actually really improve their game. Parvati, I think, is the perfect example of that. Parvati, Tyson was somebody else. Tyson, first time played the game, does, does not know one thing about how to play Survivor. Three times, you know, two times more in his third time, he's the guy is a genius at Survivor. And it's... Uh, you know somebody who's very very knowledgeable but the social i don't know how you 
can improve that. Right. I mean, that would be my problem. And you can try to do that. You can come in, and I think Colton was somebody who tried to do that in his second time around. But, you know, then when it starts, it's raining, and you're hungry, and you're tired. And, you know, the, a facade that you put on sort of gets strips away. And I think that this is a beautiful thing about this game, is that it really does strip that, that down to who you you know, essentially are as a person. I think it's really, really hard to improve the social game if you don't have that innate in you. Yeah. And if you like in life, I just am one of those people who I really don't give a damn about a lot of things. Yeah. So it would have to be learning to wipe the smirk off my face and actually act interested in what people are saying. And not, I, I know myself well enough. Not act interested. You have to be interested. Right. I have to sell it to you that I care about it. And and because when I was playing, I was very much in battle mode. I think I'd have to let that go a bit and just be like, you know, the game should be more fun and, you know, and keep my snark to myself in confessionals, which I for the most part did. But I think I was very closed off to people. And I would see people together and I just wouldn't even attempt to infiltrate and attempt mm-hmm. to be social. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be the probably the hardest part for me is to up my social game. Being of my age and knowing who I am and in real life not really caring that much because I know who my friends are and uh, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's my downfall for sure. It would definitely be a challenge. Yeah. And I'm actually, I think I proved I'm very loyal as long as I don't feel threatened. If yeah. you don't let me know. But my concern would be yeah. if I was somebody that was playing with you, I feel like I would always be concerned that Cass is going to feel threatened. And I feel like that, you know, without maybe too much provocation, you know, she could potentially be off uh, thinking, okay, Rob's not Rob didn't uh, you know Rob didn't talk to me today and uh, what does this mean he must I saw him talking with them so he's working against me and so I feel like that you seem uh, like you're easily wounded as somebody that that I'd be in an alliance with I don't think it's easily wounded like I said I wasn't really tight with any of those six other than Tasha Mm -hmm. and we discussed it and she said I have a plan B and a C and you should get one too I approached Spencer. He didn't. He poo-pooed my plans. It wasn't like I felt like I was being ignored. I, it was like I went to people to attempt to speak strategy and logic. Like, you know, she just told me she won't ever vote out Trish. Do you not see that as a red flag? Mm-hmm. And they would say, no, I love talking about cops in Iowa. So, and Spencer and I have spoken extensively about our lack of communication in general on the yeah. Brains Tribe. And I think the Brains Tribe, we were all so in our own heads in that i mean it made for a good couple of episodes but um yeah i would try to yeah i mean it's just out of the gate i didn't have any allies and it's hard to infiltrate if you don't have people on day one or at least day six that you're feeling close with it's really hard to regain your traction even if you're still in the game and i can relate to this like i feel like um and i've always been this way like i feel like i'm very good at like talking to people like one-on-one and I feel like you know I'm very interested in in a person in you know sort of like alone but in a group setting like I'm really terrible like you bring me to a party I'm like uh, everybody else I have no way to like you know interact with a group of people um but you know for whatever whatever reason I feel like uh in sort of like just like 
you know, interacting with one person, I can handle that. But in a group, I'm very, I'm very bad at that. And, you know, it's, so I can certainly relate to struggling in that area. But the notion that I'm hurt or um, emotionally playing, I don't think any of my moves, if mm-hmm. you really look at them, not one was emotional. I didn't want Morgan out. That was, ty- that was Tony entirely. People said, oh, Cass is such a bitch. She wants to get rid of her because she's mean. No, I wanted to keep her. I, she was, like, not going to move. Mm-hmm. She was part of the structure to me. Like, like the shelter. She was yeah. it, a non-entity. Um, getting rid of Garrett, that was, that was purely strategic because of the idol thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I were emotional, I would have gotten rid of Jatia. Right. So I was so mad at her. Um, and then the Sarah vote out, really, you had her saying she won't vote Trish. Spencer not speaking to me at all. Jeremiah and I never spoke. The only one of those six was Tasha. And she said, come up with something else, Cass, just in case. So I did. Ryan German has a uh, Ding Mary Kill for you. You know how to play this game? Yes, I okay. do. Uh, Ding Mary Kill. Morgan, Sarah, and Trish. Oh, I'd probably ding Trish just because it would be hilarious. <laughs> like no, that would be hilarious. Just because it would never happen again. Okay. I would probably marry Sarah. Okay. And then the latter would be Morgan. Morgan would be like a well, although I have read that sloth sex is really quick and good. <laughs> but um so maybe ding Boy. I could I could ding either one of them for, you know, just <laughs> to see what was up. All right, there you go. So uh that is uh how come i didn't get men i mean (laughs) i'm sure that i think there was there was one with uh with men but i uh it's not as interesting uh, we're not as interesting mr uh mr cass wouldn't have appreciated that as much oh he doesn't care okay i think i forget if it was it was like uh i think there was tony spencer and i forget who the uh (sighs) the third person was i'd just kill myself okay that's fine all right let's see uh let's take a couple a couple more questions here with you how about this is from julia zaroth wants to know is Cass happy can she share any of her secrets to living a fulfilling life what is this an infomercial for a holly hoffman book what? <laughs> oh <laughs> uh yeah i'm happy i mean i have, look at you saw my husband i have a great husband yeah uh we do pretty well in life we have it all under control. Don't worry about us. Okay. That, well, that's how you do it. Uh, that, you don't have any secrets for her? For uh, Julia? You know what? Marry the nice guy. Yeah. Um, and live below your means. Okay. And take a lot of trips. Go off the grid? I don't know if it's for everybody, but uh, that's how I grew up. I couldn't up. handle it. I need to be very much on the grid. Yeah. Well, when Dominic's a little older, you can come out. We've got a little twenty two that's about this big. What's a twenty two? It's a rifle. Okay. No, we've got little quads. You're not selling me on this, Cass. They love it. No, no, no rifles. How about dune buggies and stuff? That sounds dangerous also. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I saw all the bumpers downstairs. That seems dangerous. Wait till you've had a couple kids and you really don't care. And then I'll be, and then I'll be looking for the rifle. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no. Um, Matthew Schmalls wants to know, had Spencer made it to the final tribal council with Tony or Wu, would you have voted for him? I get the sense you would vote for Tony over Spencer, correct? Yes. Uh, Spencer versus Wu. Ooh, that would have been awful. Um, Why? Why would it have been awful? Because neither of them, in my opinion. Wouldn't Spencer have been a a good survivor winner? No. I mean, not not? in my opinion. That sounds unfair, Cass. 
well, I just felt like there were so many. He would if he got there by went, going on an immunity run, he would have gotten my vote. Yes, and that was the only way he was gonna. So. Yes, in that sense. And actually, I might even have voted for him over Tony if he had won like five or six immunities to get there. Yeah. But at the stage we were at and the couple of times that I felt like he really should have gone with his gut and and made some moves, I didn't think warranted a win. But no one was going to take him because we knew the jury liked him and felt sorry for him. Yeah. It was going to be like a pity vote. Pity vote? No. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know. Tasha won as many immunities as Spencer. Yeah. Now, what if it were Tasha and Spencer? If it was Tasha and Spencer, you got to vote for Spencer. Well, I probably would have voted for Tasha. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's a toss up. But Spencer probably would have won. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we can do hypotheticals, but yeah, that's that's all we do. Uh, Steve Chung wants to know, Cass, it seemed like on the show you really didn't care what other people think about you. And you said as much a few times, but did the negative attitudes towards people towards you from people like Tony, Trish and even Spencer bother you personally? No, I, I think post game, it's bothered me more because I feel like people should get over it because it was a game. Um, but no, I mean, I know who these people are and. When Spencer would say negative things about me, Spencer and I are very much alike. We're very much kind of in the moment and reactive, but that doesn't necessarily dictate how we're going to behave all the time. Tony, I think, is always reactive. And apparently Trish loathes me, so (laughs) her opinion probably will never matter to me. Okay. Uh, This is from Peter Duffy. And Peter Duffy wants to know, one of my friends who became a fan only around One World, asked me this question, and I think it'll be interesting to hear Cass's thoughts. She noted that every season, it seems that there are guys who wander off frequently to look for idols, like Malcolm, Tyson, and Tony, but there never seem to be any women who do this. Is this true? And if so, why? My friend surmises that players would treat a woman who looked aggressively for an idol more harshly than they would for a man. Okay. So back to men, uh, how men are treated on Survivor versus how women are treated on Survivor as far as looking for the idol. Um, I know I was constantly looking for the idol. I know back at Brains Camp, I was the only one actively going out looking for that waterfall when Garrett went looking for the idol. Morgan looked for the idol. Morgan looked for the idol. I think we don't see it. I think everybody looks for the idol. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Morgan looked for it at the merge. At the merge with that clue, everybody was looking. Yeah. Um. And I spend a lot of time looking. I actually think it's easier for women to go off alone and just say they have things they have to do. Yeah. Like, um, okay, I don't want to know about it. Okay, right. you do whatever it, you have to do. It would make people uncomfortable. So um, I don't think there's a double standard in searching for the idol. I know Trish wasn't looking for it because she didn't want it. Yeah. Tasha may have been looking for it. Um, Morgan wasn't. Jeffra probably no. wasn't. I think this is a bit of a blanket statement, too. Kim Spradlin uh, found the idol in Survivor One World. Uh, we saw Sierra looked for the idol. Tina looked for the idol up in the tree. Um, so I think that men have found the idol more, but women, I think, have also looked looked for it. Also, if you go back to the, in, in, one point in Peter's favor um, in Survivor Redemption Island, uh, Christina Kell ends up looking for the idol, finds the idol, only puts her more on Boston Rob's radar. And But I think there were some other issues at play there as well. I think the players look for the idol, no matter their gender. Mm-hmm. I think if you know the game and you have the energy and the opportunity, you know, that's the other thing is, do you have the opportunity to go look for it? 
because some people are watching you all the time. If you're someone who's just flipped on a bunch of people, you better not be walking off with anybody, you know. So I I don't think it's a gender thing. All right. And Jazel De La Cruz, last question, wants to say, can't wait for this. Please ask, which survivor do you want to play against in a season and why? Is there anybody that if you do go back to Survivor, is there anybody that you were saying, I really want to play with this person? Like with or against? Either one. Is it Johnny Fairplay? Uh, no. I mean, I think maybe... You love Johnny Fairplay. I don't necessarily love Johnny Fairplay. Johnny Fairplay loves you. Well, look look at this. <laughs> he said he's into older women now. Whoa. Uh, no, uh, you know, I would rather have a rematch against someone I knew. Yeah. Like Spencer or Tony. Would you want a Spencer versus Cass season? That'd be awesome. Tony versus Cass season? Yeah. I actually proposed like take um take our whole cast back and have the three weakest people the fir- at the very beginning be the captains and do a schoolyard pick and just see what happens. <laughs> that's a, that's an insane idea, Cass. Is it? Yes. We're going to bring back uh D- David or, or I'm sorry. Uh so who is it? It was you, Morgan and No, it was Garrett, Morgan oh. and Trish. Okay, Garrett. <laughs> We're not going to bring back all these people. I know, but it would be hilarious. Um it it would be a good fan fiction. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think if there's uh, uh, anybody, anybody else that uh, jumps out. How about uh, in a blood versus water season? Would Mr. Cass uh, play? You know, initially he said no. Yeah. But then um, lately he's like, wait, how much did people get paid? So if I'm the first one off, then I can still combine. He's all about finance. Yeah, and thinking like, about it. Right. Like if I leave my job for this long. So he had said he would play and now he's coming up with theories, you know, like I would sacrifice you. He's saying to me like randomly (laughs) we'll be hanging out and, and I'm like, you're more into survivor than me now. I don't think he would do well. Yeah. He he needs food and sleep. Mm -hmm. So yeah. And I don't, but I've gone through the scenarios with, uh, with my wife and it does not, you know, it does not ever end well i don't think with a spouse it can go too well yeah unless you're both super competitive and um understanding of what's up Mm -hmm. but uh he has said he would like to do amazing race okay so (laughs) that would would be fun hey look they've uh they've put other survivors on there i proposed when they asked me about blood versus water i said my mom and i because we don't actually speak in real life and we're both insane Yes. And she would be like... When you say you don't speak in real life, you only speak like in llama? Right. <laughs> yeah, we would have a whole communication system. Uh, yeah. We're very volatile. Like you have a bad relationship with your mom? Yeah, we're both just volatile people yes. towards each other. So Cast, I told her it would gotta, be you gotta get that, gold. Well, you got to get that uh, straightened out. And she's like this crazy old weathered ranch woman yeah who own who would be what i was trying to be out there she would probably speak in animal to people <laughs> yeah all right well Cass, i don't like hearing that you, you and your mom don't get along it's normal at this age yeah uh, at your age or her age both our ages <laughs> yeah i don't know all right Cass, you gotta you gotta get that straightened out i have i sent flowers okay and what happened she sent them back. She said, no, seriously? No. No. That would be funny. That would be funny. Uh, we'll use that on uh, the Vlachos. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Please make me a neighbor. I'll be the worst neighbor ever. 
Okay. And you need to give me a swimming pool because one of the stories they loved in uh, casting. Yes. Was I lived in this house. Uh, it's like mansion up in this really nice community. I'd won the big case and I got a bonus in the form of the defendant's mansion. So we had to Wait, live- they gave you the what this is this sounds like something that would happen in a sitcom. They gave you as, <laughs> as part a, of part of the case you won the case and they gave you the defendant's mansion? Uh-huh. We took over a bunch of real estate. <laughs> did he have to work as a butler in the mansion? No, no. They did vandalize it a bit. Uh, oh, no. But uh anyway, it had this pool and it was up in the mountains and the pool kind of was on a cliff. Yeah. And the only neighbor we had was up on another cliff and they had this deck. And the, we had the dog and the lady next door called one time and said, you know, and this is this hoity-toity gated area. She says, that dog of yours is going to be a problem during my tea parties this summer. And I said, is it going to be as much of a p- problem as me skinny dipping every time I hear you out there? <laughs> and I taught my daughter. She was three at the time. We would hear their sliding door because it was on the canyon. If we heard the ladies <laughs> out there and they were pro- they were all retirees, if we heard them out on the deck. I would yell to my daughter, nudie booty time, and we would drop our clothes, jump in, and display our moons. Um, oh, my God. And those people didn't use their deck for two years. Yeah. Her All husband right. well, was not is, allowed out of the house. This is going to be a plot. This is going to be a plot point. So, uh, and they were, the uh, CBS people were quite entertained by that story. Okay. All right. Well, Cass, thank you so much. Was there anything that you feel like we didn't get to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. Well, Cass, thank you for being so generous uh, with your time. I very much appreciate it. Uh, what I want to do is uh, go and take a picture of uh, that either we could, we could do this a couple different ways. Uh, so you've put- got your team TV shirt. I've got the Rob as a podcast uh, t-shirt. We actually just started another run. A lot of people, we, we let them, we sold them in the fall of 2013 and uh, we sold them for a couple of weeks. Uh, people, bu- people bought them then and then they were gone. People have asked for us to do them again. So we started up at one, one more time. We're giving people another three weeks to buy them and then they're going to go, then they're going to go away again. If you want to check out the Rob has a podcast t-shirt, it's at Rob has a website.com slash t-shirt. I could wear the team TV shirt. You could wear the Rob's podcast shirt. I could wear the Rob's podcast shirt. You could wear the team TV shirt. So I'll let you decide how you want it to go. Am, am I now a model? Yes, and then you'd be a model. Take that, girls. Yes, take, yeah. take that. Morgan. So, yeah. What do you? What do you? How do you want to do this? It, whatever makes you happy. Okay. What would be funnier? I think I should wear the Team TV because okay. Tony knows I'm a, his biggest <laughs> fan. <laughs> All right. You wear Team TV. I'll wear Rob's podcast. Uh, so we have a very, very big week here on Rob's podcast. It's a ton of shows. Uh, make sure you don't miss anything. Subscribe to Rob's podcast. Rob has a website dot com slash iTunes or click the podcast tab uh, for all the different ways to subscribe. I'd love to give people a hashtag. Do you have anything? How about what? What did you have? A nudie booty? Yeah, nudie okay. booty. How about okay? It so. is summer. It's swimsuit season, as we learned from Nature Box. Yes. So right. when you're ordering your Nature Box <laughs> and you're, why not go au natural? Yeah, for a nudie booty and and uh, with all those healthy snacks. Just keep you, the box on your lap, boys, and uh, you know, ask yeah. ask people if you, the nuts. Yes, yes. Would you like to sample? Would you like to sample my nuts? <laughs> nuts there and berries. Go. There you go. Um, you do you want you want people to uh, to tweet you with the ha- with the hashtag? It could be it could be overwhelming. Oh, you know I'm not on Twitter that much anymore. So okay, so you won't even know. I I don't even know how to find the hashtagging. Oh, well, people will people will tweet it to you. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. All right. Whatever works for you. So Rob. tweet it to me and to Cass. Uh, nudie booty. Uh, what's the spelling on that? I guess N U D Y B O O T Y, right? Because it's a nudie booty. All right. Everybody, uh, thank you so much. Follow, uh, what are you, at Cass McHugh? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, follow, <laughs> we think so. Follow, follow Cass on Twitter, Cass. Thank you so much and uh, have a great week, everybody. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Before you go, don't forget naturebox.com to order great tasting healthy snacks at 50% off. Forget that vending machine and get in shape for summer with healthy, delicious treats like barbecue kettle kernels. Support the podcast and get 50% off your first order at naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. That's naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P.